Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Bottom of the Bill. We got Mike Sierra on here today. What's up? Thanks for being on here, man. I'm stoked, man. I yeah. appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on. Absolutely. Uh, Mike's a talent buyer, promoter, an agent, uh, production manager, does, you know, wears many hats. And uh, uh, so my first question for you is... Whoa, 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 what are you doing? Oh, we need to do, we need to do the cheers, right? Oh, my God. I'm oh, so sorry. I got, I got right you know into it this. It's because I'm not, like, drinking an alcoholic beverage. What are you talking about? That's, There's, that's alcoholic I monster. I mean, this is my favorite well part. Fucking be. You're not, you're not <laughs> drinking <laughs> alcoholic beverage, and it's called rehab. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Um, all right, anyway, so I sorry be, to break your monologue. It's but. okay. Before we get into the questions, anyways, um, uh, we have some shows just to talk about. We're going to be at Will's Pub in Orlando with our boys Tanned and Daniel Heights Band on uh, next Thursday, actually, um, on October 14th. We'll be at 1904 Music Hall the next night uh, on the 15th, also with Tanned. And then we'll be down in South Florida again for the first time in a while at Crazy Uncle Mike's on Saturday the 16th. So uh, get your tickets while you can, uh, sidehustletheband.com. They're all available there. Um, and then uh, as far as uh, other shows coming up, I don't really have – I mean, I've got some solo stuff that I'll bring up in a minute. But, Bill, do you got anything you want to promote? That is correct. Yeah, Greenhouse Lounge is going on tour. The week after Side Hustle is going on tour. And we, ironically, are playing the, almost the exact same locations. We're playing uh, October uh, 21st at the High Dive in Gainesville, 22nd at 1904 Music Hall, 23rd at Tuffy's Bottle Shop in Sanford, Florida. So one venue is the same then. What is? Just one venue now. We're, we're, we're going on a, a Florida tour and it's kind of in the same area. Gotcha. Two of them are in the same area. Uh, you got anything you want to talk about, Mike? Anything you want to uh, shows or anything you got coming up specifically? Oh, man, there's so many shows coming up, but I kind of want to go back to the venue. Um, I want to kind of try to be called Crazy Uncle Mike. Is that what you want like to be I called? Want, I mean, like, that. I think that's pretty fucking cool. I was uh, going to ask you, is did Crazy Uncle Mike, uh, uh, did, was that called something else before, or has it always been that? It's I've, it, it opened after I left South Florida, so, so don't know what it was. I don't know what it was before that. I wonder that. if it's a place that I've been to before in Boca Raton. What do you think it was called? I think it was called the uh, Funky Buddha. No, it's not that or not place. not Funky Buddha, but something close to that. The Funky Buddha, was well, there was one in Boca, yeah. But no. it's not that. And it's shut down, but it's not that no, place. No, 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 no. It's, okay, all right. Um, I'm thinking of it wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure where, what it used to be. Um, we'll so see when we get there. Question number one. Uh, what it, What do we need promoters for? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was joking. No, no. I was joking. It's like an ongoing joke and theme amongst uh, the podcast where I just like always have like a thing with promoters. And there's some of you guys I love. and uh, But there's also some that I've worked with that are not so great. So I'm just, it's just like... I don't know. That would be a good way to open up the it's podcast. It's an absolute great question, honestly. Yeah. Um, honestly, you probably shouldn't, but <laughs> the way shit rolls. Off to um, a great start. Yeah. The way shit rolls, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who uh, don't really know how to put a show together. And when they start to do it, they realize they don't like doing it. Yeah. Well, so, it took me a long time to figure out exactly what promoters did because I, I came from a different world where promoters weren't so much part of the day-to-day. -day. Now, like, in the scene that, that we're in now, I mean, I've been in the scene now for, like, six years, but when I first started, when I was first getting started, I was like, okay, well, I'll just book the show, and then 
like what do I need a promoter for? But then I started realizing all like the details of what goes into like an actual show. And I was like, oh, now I see what promoters actually do. And this is why they exist. And there's like a middleman between the artist and the book and the talent buyer, the booking agent, whatever it is, you know. Good promoters. <laughs> yeah, what, good promoters. That's what yeah, good yeah. promoters do. Totally, totally. Um, now, before we get into all that stuff, uh, give us some of your background and you know where you're from and all that stuff. All right. Um, well, I was born and raised in New York, Long Island. Oh, um, nice. Whereabouts? Brentwood, New York, home of EPMD. I don't know if you guys know who EPMD is. No idea. Nope. But you should definitely look them up because it's one of the best hip-hop acts in the history of hip-hop. Really? Well, uh, Eric Sermon. Name? Eric Parrish making dollars. Okay. Well, that sounds familiar. Eric Sermon and, and Parrish. You probably heard some of the songs. Yeah. Crossover. and Yeah. They were a big Def Jam. On, they were big on Def Jam and okay. shit. Eric Sermon's a huge producer. From uh, Long Island, actually. What's that? Our bassist is from Long Island. Oh, is he? Yeah. Where's he from? Long the island. I don't know. I don't know. He said. I don't know. I'm not from Kentucky. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's different than Long Island. I know that. That's way different. Yeah, he says a small town, like like 90 minutes from the city. So I don't know. Like I don't know where you were in relation to the city, but he was not anywhere near there. So yeah, it was n- it was less than 90 minutes. Okay. That's probably 45 minutes or so. But you spent much time in the city when you were there. Yeah, I went to a lot of shows there because there was a um, you know CBGBs and the Ritz, which is now uh, Webster Hall and. Um, yeah, I went to a lot of shows in the city because there was, you know, there was always shows there. Uh, so, how long did you live there for? Um, 18 years, and then I moved to Florida. Oh, okay. So is that when you started, like, were you working while you were there? You were just, you were just like, a, uh, a supporter, I guess, at the time? or? Well, yeah, so I, I always – it's funny because I kind of always forget this until I'm reminded. But um, – I was definitely a, a music fan. I was mostly a metalhead and into hardcore and shit like that. Um, that was most of the shows I went to. Um, got into hip-hop real heavy when I was about 16. Um, did some of that. But started working with a death metal band that I was friends with. And then would start booking them. And it was like, as a 16-year-old, I didn't know how to do that. But what we did is we'd rent out studio. Because um, there was, you know, studio spaces in Long Island that you could rent out like band rooms and shit, which right. is cool. So we'd rent those out and throw shows in them and, you know, charge people to get in and make money and got band shirts made and demos and all that shit. Uh, the band didn't go anywhere, but definitely learned a lot, you know, um, promoting and whatnot, learning some of the stuff, the ins and outs. So I kind of started dabbling in it naturally, just being around people and shit. Cause they didn't know what to do. They were like, we don't know how to play these venues. And I was like, well, let's figure it out. Yeah. And uh, it's an interesting uh, side of the industry to be to like I guess pursue so early on. Where you when did you discover that you had a passion for playing music and that you wanted to get involved in in it in some respect? So, so what's funny is I never kind of really played music. Um, every time I tried to start playing a guitar, I'd I'd start playing something and it would sound like another song. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna listen to that song because they do it way better than I'm trying to do it right now. Interesting. So you, you know, I'd hit I'd hit some know it and I'm like oh shit that sounds like Slayer I'm just gonna go listen to Slayer yeah. Fucking, they're, they're way better at this um, but I mean I, dude I was always fascinated with music like like a little kid like first the first video I saw on MTV when, when my parents got it when growing up was Bad Out of Hell from Meatloaf I remember like watching nice. that and I would just sit there and stare at fucking MTV like even if I didn't like the song I would just sit there and stare at it and just the news came on every hour, and I would just be like, oh, shit, what news is today? Yeah. Didn't matter what they were talking about. I was listening. 
I was like, they were talking about Madonna. I was listening. They were, they, you know, they were talking about Howard Jones. I was listening. It didn't matter. I was like, what was it? So I've kind of always been um, just attracted to music. And then, and then I went to see Judas Priest in July of 1988. And that really fucked me up, dude. That was, <laughs> that was it. There was no coming back from that at all. That shit blew my face off. And I've been in, in, into it ever since. So How old were you when you saw them? Oh, shit, that was eighty-eight. So it was. Damn math, 10, 11, 12, 13? Wow, that's thirteen. A young age to go see a show like yeah, that. Yeah. That must have been pretty intense. It was your, fucking wild. Your parents <laughs> took you to that? No, no, my uh, my sister's friends took me. Oh, okay. Because they knew I was a fucking metalhead, but they were like, "You haven't gone to a concert?" They're like, "No." They're like, "Well, you like Judas Priest, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." You know, I'm like, who are these old dudes talking about Judas Priest, not realizing Judas Priest have been around since the fucking early 70s. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it, you know, but they were like, we're taking you tonight. And sure enough, we did. We went and it was crazy. It was fucking wild. Cinderella open. They oh, were nice. great. Wow. I was a fan. I was all into hair metal and shit. Still am. But uh, Judas Priest, though, man, that shit was wild, dude. He came up in an elevator on one side of the stage and phew, Rob Halford, bro. Man. Where'd you see him at? Nassau Coliseum. Okay, right on. Which is still alive and kicking today. Yeah. yeah. It's in Long Island. Long Island, yep. That's my... That's Strong, my Island. <laughs> Strong Island. Strong Island. That accent's so wild to me, man. <laughs> that fucking... That Long Island accent and then the, the Boston accent. It's your accents that, like... Even if you have... <sighs> you do have a Long Island accent, but you still say Florida, right? I know. Say Florida. Yeah. Not, say Florida, not, not, not Florida. Like my, carry, my, my carry. My girlfriend's from New Jersey, and she says Florida. Florida. I get her Florida. Say, oh, yeah. The Flo- say, yeah. Say, say Florida oranges. She goes, Florida oranges. Oranges. <laughs> so, my, my accent's a little thicker again, though, because I just watched the whole Sopranos... Oh, series, yeah. and it kind of came back a little bit. You watch it like in anticipation of watching the movie. I well, on accident, I started to, and then oh. about three episodes in, I was like, "Oh shit, the movie's coming out." <laughs> you might as well finish it. And yeah, so I was like, so I rushed through to to, to I, I binge watched. I never That's got past the part where he's in the pool with the ducks. Okay. Oh, so I watched man. I watched the first fifteen Listen, minutes. And fucking that's Sopranos! It. <laughs> you are doing yourself a disservice, Very my much friend. So. If you are into mob movies or I mob know. anything, I love Martin Scorsese and all his movies. It is, is it like that? It's amazing. It's is the it like best. The Godfather. It's the best thing. All it's right. like a series. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. It's and, not. Sorry. Go ahead. No. No. You go ahead. Well, it's not like the Godfather because. Like obviously, it's like you know, was it six or eight, I think six seasons or eight seasons? It's yeah, six uh, seasons. Yeah, six, six and seasons. And yeah, and um, so obviously it goes a lot deeper, but it's the best rendition of of like that lifestyle because it goes so deep into the personal life, yeah. and so like the first time where you're kind of like rooting for this evil villain, yeah. like he yeah. is like the worst human being in the world, but like you're empathizing with him and sympathizing with him. And uh, it's just, it's, and then they also give you all the, all, all the, all the mob stuff too. Like, the, like, you know, the structure of how the family works and you know, how the, you know, like how the payments work and you know, getting, getting, becoming a made man and all. It's just, it's, it's, it's the best show. It's deep. It's very deep. It's and it, it's definitely one of the best shows. And James Gandolfini, holy shit. I mean, oh RIP dude, but, he is he Fucking is Tony amazing. Soprano. He is amazing. Yeah. He is 
absolutely amazing in that show. You got me started on a fucking Sopranos kick, bro, and I'm not. I don't know that I'm gonna get off of it, to be honest with you. That's fine. We'll I just talk about the Sopranos this whole episode. So, his Sopranos episode. Yeah. I've never really seen it. I just I'm not <laughs> having anything against it. I watched it. I watched it all the way up until where he's like driving a car in the park to like get money from this guy, and I laugh my ass oh, off. Yeah. And then I just kind of forgot about. it. I never watched anything else past it. Yeah, you so. gotta if you're into into mafia stuff. That's like the best. Uh, Thing that I've seen, I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen like all the mafia movies. I went up to New Jersey and I just kept on saying "gop ghoul" the whole time. And I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> See, you do things like that that what? are condescending to people that live there. Like, so I'm from South Florida, and one time we were playing in Miami. Okay, yeah. uh, and Billy's like, "Ah, oh, Miami, the the what'd you call it? I don't know. The the what the, the, the city of city of lights or city some of shit. Lights, some Miami. shit like that. And this I dude fu- doing every single one. The yeah. Big Apple. The Big Apple. Yeah. And this dude walks up and says, "Hey, man." <laughs> City brotherly love. He says, hey, man, it's, 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 a, it's a magic city. Fucking stop. And Billy's like, keeps on going on. I was like, I know that you think you're being funny, but I you're was. pissing the locals off. No, you nobody, were being funny. I nobody, thought it was funny. Yeah, every, but when someone comes funny. and smacks you in the mouth, I'm just going to laugh because yeah. you deserved it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what he did. Yeah. But it was worth the joke. Yeah, <laughs> it was worth the joke. I'll Sometimes you got to sacrifice for the greater good of comedy. Exactly. You should have been a say, comedian. I'm die for a laugh. I will. Sh- comedy night at Headroom tonight starts. Oh, for real? Yeah. Ten oh, we got a move, open mic move, move the podcast, bro. Ooh, live podcast. Oh, We've man, been trying to make that happen for a long. Actually, you do a live podcast at Headroom while the comedians are going, and if they're horrible, it's great. Oh, we got, like commentators yes, for the comedians. Yes. Oh my god, that'd be fucking. That's great. a whole different podcast in itself. It really I is. want in. I what, want in. What, yeah, <laughs> Mike's trying to promote it, bro. He's <laughs> trying to get. He's trying to. He's trying to get his ten percent. <laughs> is this the first night that they're 15, doing it? 15, this is the. <laughs> This is the first night. They're this kicking is, it off. Yeah. I'm fucking going. Shit. Yeah. Do it out of the podcast. Uh, what time is it going at? Starts at 10. Oh, it starts at 10. Did you yeah, say that? And I just missed it. Yeah, let's Did fucking you? do it. I'm down. Um, okay, so back on track. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> when <laughs> <laughs> Sopranos. Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so you moved. When? Uh, why did you move to Florida? Um, Just family shit. My sister moved down here. My sister and I are pretty close. Um, you, you know, just a bunch of shit happened where... Um, you know, school sucked, got kicked out, and then got fired from my job. Girlfriend broke up with me. And I know you guys probably aren't familiar, but it sounds like a fucking Life of Agony album. They have, like, little snippets in between songs where all that shit happens. And it's funny because I'm like, that happened to me, all that yeah. shit. <laughs> Not the suicide shit because they talk about that too, but I never did that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, all that literally all that shit just kind of happened all at once. And my sister's like, why don't you just move here? Come live with, you know, come and live with us. And I was like, all right, it's Florida. Fuck it. Let's do it. So you moved to Jacksonville, or did you move somewhere else? Moved to Jacksonville. <sighs> okay. I was 18 and dumb. All yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jacksonville's great. It's a great town. It's yeah. it's growing yeah, every day. For sure. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, like the way that trees grow in Iceland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no, One inch a year. No, I do love Jacksonville. There's stuff I do, going on. It's honestly, a cool, it's I really a cool do town. Love yeah. It's very exciting here. Um, I but, uh, uh, okay, so when did you start getting involved in the music scene here? And what was like the catalyst oh, for that? I was probably here for a couple of years and then just, you know, of course, going to shows and shit. Um, once I found the scene, it took me a second to find it, to be honest with you, which is it, weird. It does do it's, that. It's fucked up. The first weekend I moved here, right? Um, Helmet and Jesus Lizard played at. Uh, the Edge, maybe it was called then. It was plush. It was called a ton of different things. It was over there on uh, Arlington Expressway. Yeah. Um, but Jesus Lizard and Helmet played, and it was like a Monday night because it was a holiday. 
and the fucking show was sold out, packed the fuck out. And I was like, oh, this is fucking great. And then it was crickets for months after that, and I couldn't find anything. And then I, you know, then I found the milk bar, which I don't know if you guys ever went to the milk bar back in the day, but heard about it. Legendary but... place. Saw so much cool shit there. Where was that? Milk bar was downtown. Where the real thing is now, oh, it was okay. the milk bar, and the milk bar was the shit. Blink One Eighty Two, Bad Religion. I mean, any punk band was fucking playing there. Like, any Warp Tour band has played there. But you know, they they bring in like. A lot of cool thrash shit um, that I was into, like metal shit, like um, Exodus, Testament, Suicidal was there, uh, Body Count. Saw so Bad Brains there. That was sick. Oh, nice. Uh, but they do like industrial, you know, like My Life with Thrill Hill Cult I saw there, Front 242, bunch of shit like that. They bring in hip-hop shit. Alcoholics was dope. That was a dope show. Nice. Um, they did like a lot of, I mean, they did everything. They were just fucking like this underground club and just fucking crushed they, they, it was it was a legendary club, dude. Like, I mean, there's bands like Ranson and shit that still talk about it. You know, like, wow. They, they like why they shut it even. down. You think, uh, dude? You know, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know, you know, being in the club business and owning venues is not easy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but you, you know, one of the dudes involved was was Danny Wimmer, and um. You know, he does the DWP festivals like okay. Rockville and all that shit. Gotcha. Um, which I mean, obviously, the dudes very successful um in what he does um i think that's probably one of the main reasons he came to jacksonville welcome rockville i'd imagine because this is his roots um and there's a huge market for that music here still yeah yeah um there definitely is um unfortunately they're in daytona now yeah but understandably um i don't think it's a move they wanted to make they just kind of had to make um it got canceled this year didn't it nope it's it's in daytona it played this year it's in november Metallica's oh, headlining two nights, bro. Oh, I thought it moved. And no, it, that it, shit's gonna be fire. Okay. It's it's in Daytona now, so are they playing um, on the speedway? Yeah, yeah. Which is which is actually a great spot. Oh, yeah, it really God, that is, and it makes more sense because I mean the, the residential issue right. downtown yep. when the you know the river carrying the sound. I will say that I I'm a huge uh, Tool fan. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not huge. I'm I'm a Tool fan, yeah. and I got to see them for the first time at Rockville, and unfortunately because of the way that they were doing certain things depending on what side of the stage you were on the sound was either amazing or it was the worst sound you've ever heard in your life yep. and i was uh unfortunately the latter part of that did eric coppin run sound for that uh no <laughs> then that's why uh, eric was, was there that was why i was awful. The, there's eric was there he was, the, he was there there's a uh i don't know what they did but there was a certain way they were mixing it to try and make the sound not bounce off the river so right. much to hit all the all the residential areas in san marco and riverside and all that so uh they had to do a certain i don't know it was crazy eric could probably tell you exactly what they did i'm sure eric would definitely and uh shout out to eric kaufman eric uh rock. But yeah, man, and it was just unfortunate. So I mean, it's just it was it's probably a better move for them to go down to Daytona and play at the Speedway. Yeah, I I agree. But um, but yeah, the Milk Bar was that he was involved in that. Um, and Jason Lewis, who's who still does stuff, he does Jazz After Dark and stuff. Um, Jason definitely he does uh, some of the conventions that come to town that are pretty awesome. But Jason was a, a you know he was a big promoter in Jacksonville for a while. Um, shout out to Jason Lewis. But uh. He was involved heavily, and I met up with him because I, I was working at record stores, and I would sell tickets. They would bring ticket, you know, and people would come in and buy tickets, and um, you know, I take care of them. And then, you know, Milk Bar had they had Old Wave Mondays that were fucking great. They were packed every week. Just it was just a fucking rad spot, man. And anybody like who's who came through, they just they love the spot. Um, 
So that's kind of how I got involved in Jacksonville and then working at music stores. And then I was working at a CD warehouse and then there was a band who asked me to manage them because I was selling a shit out of their CDs in the store. They were like, why are you selling so many of our CDs? I'm like, because I'm getting people to buy it. It's good. I like it and I'm getting people to buy it. And uh, so they asked me to manage them. And from there, I started booking shows for them, like trading off shows in South Florida. Did a lot of South Florida stuff. Nice. Where um, at? We did uh, Chili Pepper. Is that is that a spot? Not anymore, I but I think it was like Fort Lauderdale. No, there was well, there was no there was another spot in Fort Lauderdale we do. This one was in Coconut Grove. Oh, the Grove, spot? yeah. Uh, it's not anymore, but I mean the Grove, like yeah, it's a huge area in Miami. Yeah, it was wild there. I loved it. Um, yeah, we we we'd, we'd uh, trade shows off with some bands down there. Um, in Orlando, we trade off. Yeah, and then Tampa, you know, we just kind of created markets um, with bands and. So what, what what was so that was your first entrance really before you were doing anything uh, substantial in the in the industry you were you were managing like like a like a kind of like up and coming regional act yeah, yeah. okay and uh, so what does that entail I mean the, 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 there's such a, sorry there's such a blurred line sometimes between being a manager and a booking agent uh, and those two roles often get conflated can you kind of give us some insight in the difference yeah, of what it's, they both it's do. It's definitely very, very different. Um, come to find out when, when I was doing it at the time, I didn't really realize that I just kind of took on the role of both. Um, but y- y- you know, booking's a full-time gig. You yeah, know, totally. Booking is a full-time gig. If you're trying to keep a band busy, um, you're dealing with, uh, you know, that was a little bit more difficult because it wasn't, um, not everybody had cell phones yet. Um, you know, obviously we didn't have Facebook and all that shit. Um, you know, we had email, um, but things were slower. So it was you had to stay more on top of things. The communication was a little more difficult, but um, even so, to this day, it's still it, it takes up so much time. And then when you you know when you're a manager of a band, you're also trying to promote, and then you you know you're looking to to for opportunities and what can I do to get this band to the next level? And it's hard to do that while booking at the same time because you almost get caught up in one or the other, and then something is gonna suffer. Right. So, so that's why it comes, you know, you do need managers and, and booking agents um, to do that with. But promoters help do that because some promoters will believe in bands. Uh, Danny Wimmer, for instance, with Limp Bizkit, that he was he had a lot to do with that because he fucking believed in them and did what he could to, to help get them to the next level. And, well, they just released a new song after yeah. having a career of how long? La-di-da. Limp Bizkit has guys, a new song? Yeah, oh, bro, we huge... need to stop and listen to it right now. Play the tape, Bill. We can't play. We can't it's play fire. Limp it's fire. We don't yeah, have the copyright yeah, for that. Listen, we get in trouble for that listen. one. Yeah. <laughs> what's it called? Dad vibes. Yeah. Maybe that's dad why I like vibes. it. Maybe I that's why I like it. I'm all expected. about the dad thing. But well, I I mean, talk about a band that <laughs> made a, a comeback out of nowhere, man. These out of guys, fucking nowhere. Holy like shit. It was like literally they played a show I think around here uh, recently, and then just like it blew up like all over all of the social media like just Limp Bizkit became like a thing like a trend again how have and I, I was not like, seen anything like cause that. you live under a rock oh they were on Lollapalooza and fucking crushed it that's really? what it was crushed yeah. it and like literally every I mean like Instagram uh, TikTok Twitter and obviously Facebook and like just I mean, everything was talk. It was Limp Bizkit was everywhere. You know like how like all the hate of Nickelback the Nickelback yeah, memes yeah, yeah. it was like that but the opposite 
Yeah. Um, so it was, Ashley was like, this is great. Oh, keep going. Dude, they're like the number one band again. Yeah, America. it's wild to me. It's just wild. I would love that. Like, bring that style of music back. Like, you like, see, like, like the, rap emo, rock. the emo music. Oh, it's, is it's, it's back. Emo. <laughs> it's it's 1,000% back. <laughs> I mean, it I don't hate great. it. I I liked it when I was when I was like in middle school. I was really into Limp no, Bizkit. Yeah, I was middle school. For head sure. PE. Yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like that. They were on. They're the coming mission. to Archetype. Head PE. Shout out to Bruce. No yeah. shit. Yeah, Bruce. I'd go see that show. They're on the Mission Impossible soundtrack. Head PE. No, sorry. no, Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit. No, is. Limp Bizkit yeah. was on the Triple X soundtrack. They, they were on Mission the, um, Impossible. Mission Impossible. Also. They did Mission Impossible. Yeah, Mission the main Impossible song. Too. It was on. It was on Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water. That was probably my favorite. Here's a hot take. Yeah. That was the best Limp Bizkit record. Try me. <laughs> Everyone says three dollar bill. The first one. Yeah, because I know everyone's day. every generation's got their thing. It's your three dollar bill. Yeah. Uh, break stuff. My generation usually likes break stuff. My generation. Like Did you school. do that on purpose? No, that <laughs> that's good though, right? <laughs> um, so. Um, that's the Limp Bizkit song. Yeah. Song. Also <laughs> on Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Also their best yeah. record. So, uh, so it was either. I mean, they had like. Their three biggest records were uh, $3 Bill, Break Stuff, and then uh, Chocolate Starfish and a Hot Dog Flared Water. Significant Other. Significant Other. That's what it was. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Significant Other. Yeah, it was $3 Bill, Significant Other, and then Chocolate, Chocolate Starfish. Starfish. Yeah. I have a friend of mine that um, he's ginger. He's got red hair, and he kind of looks like Fred Durst, and so we call him Red Durst. Red Durst. Red Durst. Ooh, I like, I like that. that. That's good. That's a good band. That's good. <laughs> But every Limp Bizkit fan, their least favorite album is Chocolate Starfish because it's like it kind of went away from like the metal thing that they were that they had. Yeah, it's a little bit more accessible. Yeah, and I'm an I like accessibility. Unless I'm writing the song, then I want to make it go way over people's heads. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Anyways, uh, you got to say about that, Bill? Well, no, I was just thinking about because they're from Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, have you watched on Netflix the? Leonard Skinner documentary. Yes. It's so good, right? So I watched it when it first came out. Yeah. And what's weird is I guess because maybe it went on Netflix, it's kind of having like a little resurgence. Good. But man, it's so good. And it's so cool to 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 hear about all their not not to get political. I fucking hate to get political. However, I'm a fucking you know I believe in progress and shit like that. Drunk and to hear all their views on it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it no, was kidding. phenomenal. It was really phenomenal. Good. Yeah. What, what I was thinking about, I was like, they're from Jackson and everything like that. And I just watched that documentary, and I just like they they tried so freaking hard, and they were just like all of these uh, 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 just instrumental musicians and everything like that. And, I, and that style is so different than the next big band that came out of there. It's wild. I'm just thinking of like what happened in that 20 year gap. Well, then think about like <laughs> between them. Well, then think about like the difference of like Biscuit and Yellow Card. You know what I mean? No, I know. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true too. It's like there's there, like, Jacksonville strange. is a pretty diverse Jacksonville's scene. Jacksonville so weird, man. Jacksonville has got some really cool shit in it and it's kind of like look, Leonard Skinner is probably one of the most important bands in history. I'll yeah. say it. I don't give a shit. They're one of the most important bands. Like yeah. Freebird is probably a top five song of all time. Yeah, way to ruin every gig that I play, by the way. You know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I mean, it really but, is an amazing. Song. You know, and then yeah. Limp Bizkit. I don't know. I saw some some fucking nerdy uh, stat somewhere. Like they were like number thirteen of best selling groups of all time at some point. Wow, it's I mean, insane. They, right? And I don't know if it, it was something like that, but. I mean, they pioneered like household name. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they they they. I don't know if they pioneered, but they really brought to light 
an entire genre of music that was kind of just living beneath the surface for a while. And then like Limp Bizkit, Kid Rock, people like that came to the forefront. Kid Rock kind of went off the rails, but like. Do you think Limp Bizkit was first or was Kid Rock was first? Corn. Corn, uh, corn yeah. did it. It was corn. Yeah, one thousand percent. Corn definitely Bizk- walks. So everybody could run. You know. I guess that that's true. Like I'm because t- I yeah I guess but I think the, like Limp Bizkit had a little bit more of the hip hop element to what they were doing. Than yeah, Korn they did. went. They did. They they had more of it, and then they you know they, they really doubled down on it. They as were more it went accessible on. again, yeah. and then they really took it to the next level and made it bigger. Yeah, bigger than, you, than it do you ever know was. Fred Durst? I do not. Do I do not. Know never met him. If he lives in Jacksonville, he lives in L.A. Oh, he lives in L.A. He lives in L.A. But I believe he has a house in Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Have you seen the Leonard Skinner documentary yet? No, it's pretty it's good. It's fucking phenomenal. I gotta watch it, man. I've got this thing phenomenal. Leonard Skinner. I've like. I, it made me completely ch- uh, any sort of like uh, opinion that I had about it that was bad just completely washed. One thousand percent. If you have any negative right? thing about them, you watch this and you're like, you know what? Like one of the best guys in the world. My favorite part, we were talking about this outside, is how poor they were. And oh, how yeah. They like started Dirt from nothing. Fucking poor. Like, like West Siders, bro. And they still were like just back like, in the day, West Siders. Oh, <laughs> what's funny is is there's, you know, they talk about the fucking playing the jug, which was like a old place in the, the West Side. Yeah. But there was rumors, and I don't know how true this is, but they played Archetype. Before it was Nighthawks or Archetype, obviously, before no it was shit, the norm. Right down the street. Yeah, they played, they, supposedly it was like a place that would, like a bar that would have bands every once in a while, and Leonard Skinner played there before they were anything, you know, yeah. before they. I thought, just, so they used to play like the drag shows there? I thought it was before, a gay bar, yeah. Before, pre, 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 pre before that, that. Okay, pre that, yeah. yeah. That building's apparently been there for quite some time. Yeah. Again, that's hearsay. I don't know if that's true or not, but. I mean, I, yeah, rumors. I could totally see that happening. They but probably played everywhere they could. Yeah, right, right. But watching their struggle and everything, the only reason they made it is because uh, that that uh, producer or promoter, I, I, he was he was he was working uh, with an album and everything that he signed them, and it was like after like four or five years of them just like trying their damnedest to do yeah. anything and just being so poor, yeah, just so poor, so Jacksonville. <laughs> They're so <laughs> Jacksonville. Yeah. They'd fucking fight over, like, the dumbest shit, but it's not dumb shit, really. It's like, well, you probably shouldn't fight over that, but you're from Jacksonville, so I get why you're fighting over it. And probably their second most famous song ever talks about being from Alabama, so fuck so us, right? They talk, they get, they no, they talk about all that. They talk about all that, and when you hear it, you're it's like, a political oh, song. Oh, yep, okay. Very much so. And they tell, you know, Neil Young to fuck off. Yeah, they did to do that, yep. But yep. again, very Duval thing. Like, they don't fucking, you know, they don't hold their tongue. They're like, nah. Fuck you, man. You can talk bad about us. Uh uh-uh. uh. We're not yeah, having that. That's for sure. And I love it, you know? And then they'd probably sit back and have a beer with them afterwards. Yeah. You know, after oh, they're you, like, hey, fuck you, man. You think there was a, you think it was a bit of a publicity Mm-mm, stunt? Not at all. No. No, I just think that's just kind of a very um, natural way to be for people like Leonard Skinner is to be very like aggressive about shit. Yeah. But then become friends afterwards. Oh, like, to- yeah. I feel like, like, I feel like that's kind of ingrained like we'll in most men. I feel like most men are like that. You know, we'll fight I'm it out side, yeah. and then we'll be <laughs> fucking homies afterwards. All my friends were like that in South Florida too, bro. We've all been like, we've all been in fist fights with each I, other. And then it's yeah. just like, all right, man, uh, you're a fucking asshole. I'll see you tomorrow. Listen, you know? the, the Imperial <laughs> made fucking bromances happen from fist fights. I can't tell you the amount of people that I had a breakup from fighting, and I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. You'll end up being friends. Sure enough. They're friends. 20 years later, they're fucking BFFs still. The thing is, like, you're best friends because it's, it's almost like the new term that they're using now is called trauma bond. What it's is almost that? Like, oh, yeah, right. it's it's almost kind of like, like uh, it's, it's something – I would imagine it's something like that because I've, I've been you – know, the, the, the people that – 
I still uh, am in contact with from uh, like the high school days are people that I have very specific things in common with. One of those things is that we've all been to war with each other. Uh, or for each other, you know, yeah, like yeah. we've been in like, you know, we've we've gotten jumped together. We've been in like crazy situations, guns gotten pulled, all kinds of crazy things that like we we look back on those moments and we're like, man, we got we got we got out of that. We went through that together. Those are the people that I'm still friends with today. So uh, sometimes it's not always you versus the world, though. Sometimes it's you versus them. Yeah. And then after that, you're like, well, we went through this thing together. Nobody else knows me or knows you in that scenario other than you you or me you know it's a very small group of people and you know so we have that and we're cool we got it out of our systems and you move on and it's like a that that thing kind of bonds you in a weird way i don't know why but it just does yeah you know that's i mean that's a perfect way to put it trauma bond yeah i feel like being in a band is very traumatic. Very much. Oh, that totally. Shit. Are you kidding we've me? We've never fist fight before. No. Well, we're also, th- you know, in our thirties, so oh, yeah. that stops happening. But I'm sure you get angry at each other. Oh my god. Yeah. Billy, you <laughs> mentally fist fight each other. Billy, uh, there's not a person on the planet uh, that can irritate me more than Billy. That is true. Outside of family. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> look what he said, though. Family. And the same. Oh, I said outside of family. No, but I have the I same. He had the same quality. It's there. By I. Designate the, love's the there. separation, we all though, know. right? The <laughs> love's there, there, won't they? Situation. Okay. <laughs> hey, everyone. Just wanted to take a second to talk to you about one of our favorite music venues, Blue Jay Listening Room. Blue Jay is a space for true music lovers where every ticket is a backstage pass. Silence your cell phones, enjoy a nice glass of wine or craft beer, and be part of an intimate experience unlike anywhere else in Jacksonville. Hear national and local artists sing their original songs and share the stories behind them in a space carefully curated for the premiere show-going experience. I personally have seen some of my favorite shows here, as well as having played with some of my heroes. Not only is Blue Jay a wonderfully unique experience, it has become a staple in the Florida music scene. Mention Bottom of the Bill on your next visit and receive 10% off your tab. Blue Jay is located at 2457 3rd Street South, Jacksonville Beach, and be sure to check out www.bluejayjacks.com for news, ticketing, and events. All right. So, anyways, uh, you brought up the Imperial. Uh, this yes. is a venue that you were working at that you ended up owning at some point. Yeah, I was just working shows there, um, you know, with um, some friends, uh, Lisa Thomas, who does oh, a yeah. lot with Jacks Live. Jacks now. Live, She's yeah. fucking awesome. I Tim love Lisa. Hall. Shout out to Lisa. Is Lisa has Lisa been on here? No, no, I've been. I've actually been Lisa. needing to hit her up and get on here. Yeah, I definitely she need be to get on her. Here. She is fucking great, and she is a blast. She's hilarious. She is awesome. She'll take over the podcast because that's <laughs> because she's just natural. You Good. Know? Someone's got to yeah. take it out of my fucking listen, hands. She would be fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I would listen to that. Uh, Tim Hall. Um, we had we had she, Tim Hall she works on with here. Tim yeah. Hall. But um, so she owned it um, at the time with Nick Wagner, tattoo artist. Okay. There's another guy you could have on here because he's fucking great too. Um, he owns Black Hive Tattoo now. Okay. Um, Nick is, you know, a very good friend and a uh, great dude. Um, but, they, you know, they had the Imperial going, and a lot of people worked there, like Vic. You know, Vic worked there, who R.I.P. Vic. Yeah, Victor R. Sharp, the fucking the legend himself. Um, just, you know, a lot of people I knew worked there and obviously became friends with a lot of people there. And then, you know, honestly, 
<laughs> how I started booking aside from helping the band out and trading shows off and bands would kind of help, you know, Hey, we're trying to play there cause we're trying to tour and can you help us out? I'd say sure. And I'd help out bands. But then I started going, you know what, man, there's a lot of fucking tours that pass off Jacksonville and I'm sick of it because I don't really want to fucking drive somewhere else to go see a tour. So I started going, let me figure this out, man. Let me find out who books these guys, start talking to them and figure out what I could do. I work at a venue. I got it to, you know, um, it's it's to my avail. So, sure enough, from there, just started, and then didn't stop, and that it really just started with me being aggravated with shows skipping Jacksonville. Yeah, it's it's not an A market, so I get why that happens. But I was like, fuck, man, what? Put this tour in Jacksonville. You're going right. You got to go through it to fucking yeah. play. You know, in but Orlando, at just, least give us a fucking Wednesday. Yeah, no, this yeah. is a great right. Wednesday market. Yeah. yeah, it's a great Wednesday market. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So when did you uh, when did you take over as the owner of uh, of the Imperial? Um, fuck. And why did you do that? I didn't mean to. Oh, you didn't mean to. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to. That's for damn sure. He's like woke up um, one day. He's like, "Fuck, do I own this place?" It's, it's kind of almost how it fucking happened. Um, Lost a bet. It, it just you know it changed hands. Um, Lisa had stepped down. Again, man, the the venue shit's not easy to do. It's really difficult. Um, it wears on you. Um, yeah. I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. But uh, you, you know, there was there was a lot of things going on there, um, and just people were just getting sick and tired of it. And the bills were piling up, and you know, small DIY place in downtown Jacksonville, and um, somehow it just landed in my lap pretty much. And I had shows booked, and I'm like. I can't cancel the fucking shows. Like I got contracts and stuff and the bands are, you know, slated to play here. I got deposits out. I need to make these shows still happen. So I was like, I'll, I'll keep the doors open. And I did that for a while. It sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pain in the ass, but no, it was, it was cool. It was obviously like, you know, it's, it was a important spot to a lot of people. I still get people, you know, bringing it up to me and thanking me. And it was cool because, you know, when I was growing up, I would go to this this venue called Sundance a lot on Long Island. And, man, it just kept me from getting in trouble. You know, like I would, uh, in, instead of me being on the streets at night, as, you know, cliche as it sounds, I was stage diving at fucking 2 o'clock in the morning while Testament was playing, you know. Right. Or, you, you know, at a hardcore show, seeing Sick of It All or some shit. Like that, that's where I was. That's that's where I always was. I, I worked to, you know, pay for shows to buy band merch. I couldn't wait to see who was going to play next. And it literally kept me going. And it was cool because the Imperial to me kind of felt like it was a spot for a lot of people like that. Like, you, you know, like the rejects and the, the people that didn't have a place to go. They, they did have a place to go that, that felt like, yo, maybe I do belong somewhere. Um, and the milk bar was like that, you know, the milk bar was a lot like that. And you know, it just, unfortunately with the milk bar closing, there wasn't really a spot like that in Jacksonville, you know? I feel like you should go and lobby to city uh, to the city council about uh, <laughs> leaving bars open later than two a.m. so people can have a place to go and stage dive rather We're than sell south, drugs. On the the south, south, man, that two o'clock. <laughs> That's only Miami. <laughs> it's funny when I, at the Hellman show they would talk about last call. I'm like, what the fuck's the last call? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what it was, you know. And then you know, it took me a while, and then I realized I was like, oh shit, they stopped serving here. That's fucking weird. Yeah, bro. I didn't <laughs> weird. I didn't know what last call was, so I went to L.A. My sister was like, yeah, all the bars here. Close at 2 a.m. but really they close at 1 30 they want you out by they two want you out by two and i was like wait wait, what do you they close at 2 a.m oh man and she was like yeah i was like first off like 
where does that happen anywhere else? Because like in South Florida, everything's open till like I mean Fort Lauderdale, fuck it. Like they say four a.m., but let's be real, they don't shut shit down. No, and Miami's the same way. Whatever go, the fuck they feel like. You yeah, know? you should go to Brunswick, Georgia. Oh no, where at eleven forty-five for no reason the forty-five can't make it to midnight, fifteen minutes, and yeah. they shut everything. Oh, down. they need time to shut the place 11:45? down. Eleven forty-five. That was such a weird number. Shout yeah, out to really Tipsy McSways. We uh, we love playing there. It's a great spot. Yeah, Brunswick has some cool places. Wick Town all day. Wick Town. So I'm curious as to what did you learn? uh, I guess what aspect of owning a venue became very apparent to you uh, when you became the owner of a venue versus just putting on shows at a venue? A bar is very important. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bar is very important for sure. Um, I mean, I always kind of. Wanted the bar to do well and stuff, but when you own it, you realize. Well, you need the bar to do look, well. The when fucking you own bar it. has to do well, you know. Yeah. Um, it, you know that was a big thing. Um, you just uh, you, you, there's so much work. You can't just have a night job. You have to do shit during the day. You know, you have to get legal, and you know, I had people come in and help me. Um, I had uh, my buddy Ed come in, and Ed was a lot younger, but somehow, man, he's just just fucking smart, dude. He's knucklehead. Yeah. I love him, but <laughs> but he, you know, he would come in and help uh, Dan help too dan's still doing shit too dan works at 1904 and um underbelly and dan's still around doing stuff but he helped out a lot too um there was a bunch of people who'd come in and help and and you know pull pull weight that they never had to pull but they just cared about the place which was cool um you know there was joey who was the sound guy there joey's awesome he's actually on tour he was just in jacksonville on tour with suicide boys doing sound and, and turnstile which I don't know if you guys are familiar with, but you no. know, I, I'm pretty sure it was a sold out dailies. Oh, Suicide nice. Boys yeah, is yeah. a wow. hip hop group from um, New Orleans, I believe. Okay. Uh, Shake, what was on there, is another hip hop dude from LA who was came up in the hardcore scene, and he's played the Imperial in bands he was in. Um, Turnstile played the Imperial after it was the Imperial; it wasn't the Imperial anymore. But um, you know, Turnstile is one of the hottest bands in hardcore right now, and, I and kind of they're, I've heard of them. They're, yeah. they're a little bit more beyond hardcore right now. They they they've expanded past it, but um, they're definitely up and coming, really hot. Like they're bigger than hardcore now. Um, okay, but great band, awesome band. But yeah, they just killed it, Dailies. But Joey, he was uh, he was he's doing sound on that tour, but he's um. He was a big help at that venue too. He's a great sound guy. He's he's in the he's in the same class as Eric, you know. Um, very cool dude. Would always stay kind of calm. We'd have death metal bands come in and they loved him because he wasn't an asshole. Because a lot of you know a lot of sound guys are a little difficult oh, to work with, and then you know they're very territorial. Oh, totally, man. Um, so you, you as know, we all know oh why, God, right? I really yeah. want to talk about it. We don't it. have to talk about it right now. I really now, do want to talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk. Right. About, we'll get Eric back on. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, Eric, Eric, I love Eric. You know, I say this with all the love in the world, bro. Stallion. Eric, uh, has the potential to be the best crankiest sound guy in the world. He's just not old enough yet, no. but he'll get there. Well, bro. he'll get there. He's going to get, get there. there. He's going to, uh, Eric's going to be the guy, at, uh, that, and I'm just happy that I got to know him early on what do you mean? before he got to be the cranky he's sound cranky. guy. He's going to be, he's going to be a cranky sound oh, guy, you think bro. He's you think so? Into oh it? yeah, of course. They all do <laughs> no, at I some get, point, I get bro. him a smile. I get him, he loves me. me. Me and Eric have a great relationship. I, I, I love <laughs> Eric to death, bro. That's my fucking boy right there. No. I literally, he's been, like, he's like, we were just, 
it doesn't matter. I, I fucking I lo- Eric's my fucking boy, bro. But oh, like, Eric loves you guys too. Yeah, he's, he's like stoked when you guys he, play. He is such a supporter of our band, and like yeah. literally, whenever we play a show, even if I have like shit in my head, like bad shit, he's like he's like the fucking like the angel talking me down at the end of the night. Like he's my fucking boy, man. <laughs> but you know he's gonna be the cranky sound guy. You know what's cool nah, about I Eric? Just say that all over the world, Eric. There's, <laughs> there's every sound guy has that suck button, right? That yeah. they, they don't want to fucking like a band. They they're like, well, fuck you. Eric's not like that, man. He'll still make people sound good despite them being assholes. Because he cares. He's an artist. He, he cares He is he an artist. He is absolutely a fucking artist talking for sure. about this too earlier. I'm like, you're just making your, yourself look bad. Why would yeah. you why put would a you do that? suck button? Right. Yeah. Just, just, just fucking do good. Why right. would you put reverb on a piano? On yeah. Every, just, on my just, synthesizers. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds Sorry. Now that I am wild. talking about a that sound guy wild. that I wasn't supposed to talk about. Yeah. I didn't ask for this. Uh, <laughs> oh, be a little more specific, bro. You no, I I'm can't. just joking. I'm joking. That was definitely a joke. You Jesus. gave me that look. I can't talk about. Ooh, I can't wait to hear this one. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's the worst. He's the worst. Worst, 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 worst. We talked about a recent a... show. I, I don't even know what show we're talking about. You do. Oh, okay. It I didn't know show. Pretty recent. All right. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. That's all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, so bad. So, um, ideally. The same way that you shouldn't be allowed to drive anymore when you get that age. Oh, you should stop uh, being able to run sound. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, well, I mean, literally, your ears just stop Oof. working at a certain point, right? <laughs> and don't tell me that your microphones are better than mine. I know it works my fucking the voice, crank, bro. I'm the just saying. The crank gets Anyways, cranked up we're get, the older you yeah. get. And you know, you got to have a cutoff. All right, we're getting, we're getting too much. This is too right, much. Sorry. Uh, so That guy sucks. Fuck you. I will say. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so uh, in an ideal world... The interests of all parties are aligned when a show is being put on between whoever owns the venue, whoever's promoting the venue, the agents, the managers, acting as a middleman for the band, sound guy, or sound person, 2021, or sound uh, and then uh, the band, right? All the interests, ideally, should be aligned, but the music industry is notorious for, for people that uh, are in the same boat to have competing interests, and somebody gets screwed out of a deal. Being a venue owner and also being a promoter who's you know worked with bands and you know been in bands, do you do you see why those things can can happen or have you been in a scenario where you know just lines of communication get blurred or whatever it might be where somebody feels like they got the shit end of the stick? Oh God, yeah. Um, so here's my thing, right? And not everybody will agree with this, um, but it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So mm-hmm. as a promoter or venue owner i don't need to make five hundred dollars right this second on this particular show how about we just have a kick-ass show make a little bit you can make a little bit more as an artist and then we keep on doing this and then down the road we'll end up making more money together um and we'll grow together and you know it's, it's the whole community you know like the common unity of of people um like the common I, unity I, I like that i think that's real important and it's i good think band name Sorry. It, yeah, that would be a good band name. All right. Um, they, they should play the Fest in Gainesville, I think. That would work. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there are people out there who don't see the big picture. They see the the now. This show's doing great. It's a sold-out show. I want everything. I want it all. I should be making everything on it. No, there's room for everybody to do well. Of course. Just, just it's, 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 a, it's a slow burn, you know? And if you do that, you end up like – you know, Jason and Dwayne from 1904, 
and being in business w- with a venue for like 10 years and then growing to fucking add a restaurant and then growing to add another venue and then growing to add an- another restaurant over that. Yeah. Y- y- you know, like that's it's it's so important is to be part of it's it's not us versus them. Right. And, and it, it it's, it's like that. And that sucks. Well, so so when when does it when does it seem like that is the case? So like. Uh, because I'm very much in, in, in the same way of thinking that, that you are. And like, we hear about bands all the time saying, well, you know, like you got to pay your bands and bands get screwed out of money, blah, blah, which all the, all those things do happen. But, uh, I'm curious as to why the industry has such a notorious reputation for that thing. And then when is it that the interests actually are not aligned? And when is it that they seem, they just seem like they're not aligned, but they actually are aligned. So I think that's a good question. So here's the thing, right, with promoters. There's promoters that I know that people don't like because of how they've acted in the past. However, I can agree with that, but then I see how the promoters are now, and they've grown. They've become different. Um, with being in 2021, if you're a bad promoter, <laughs> fucking, you're getting put on blast. Oh, yeah. And it's going to get out there quick, and people are not going to fuck with you. So things are different, I think, than they were. However, you know, I still think that the stigma still holds, you know, the, the greedy promoter guy. Um, but I, I think, I mean, I know so many people that are fucking awesome people that, you know, believe um, in similar, um, you, you know, who I think where they want everything to, to, to be successful. They want everyone to grow. Um, there's so many people doing it now that um, you didn't have for a while because they were able to get away with it. But now... I think if you're if you're if you're a shitty booking agent, you're only going to last so long before you get you just get outed. Um, so things I think are getting better. You can't really be that that much of a monster and keep on getting away with it these days. Right. And I, and I know people are like cancel culture this or whatever. I'm like, it's not always cancel culture. It's more like consequence culture. Yeah. You know, like look if if you're that dude that was fucking. Um, he owned a place at the beach. I don't know his fucking name. I never dealt with him. But he owned a place at the beach at one point. Then he, like, owned some place in Murray Hill. And there was this whole group oh. thread. I don't remember the fucking dude's name. But I remember what happened. I remember seeing uh, that. Yeah. That was, like, within the last, like, two years, right? Yeah, dude. It was bad. It was online. And the dude was just online just talking shit openly about people and and all this stuff, dude. And he sounds like a horrible person, you know? I'm, yeah. I never met him. But I'm like, dude, like, the things that you're saying are really fucking horrible. And... He disappeared. Yeah. I haven't heard of him since, you know? So it's like, you, you, you know, you, you make the bed that you're laying. Um, and bad and, business is bad business, man, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, where Well, you could get away with it at some point back in the day. Um, oh, totally, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard. To, you can't just call everybody and give someone a bad name where now, you, you know, you could leave reviews. You could leave comments. You could talk to all these friends that you're in, you, you know, you're in tour uh, circle with because, you know, you send out a mass email to one agency and they send it out to their friends, and boom, you're done. Well, yeah, I mean, the, that, that's kind of like the blessing and the curse yes. of uh, the transparency in today's society, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, t- to me, I feel like like what can really solve a lot of the issues where we feel uh, this this idea where our interests are competing, like the idea that, that, that bands have to not like promoters or promoters have to feel shitty about bands and, uh, you know, venue owners have to be insecure about whatever's going on uh, and agents have to be, be, you know, whatever. Like the the reason why things I think are the way that they are is because the the education 
of what it actually means to to like do these things yeah it's not understood amongst all parties what actually goes into each individual job right so it's like well why is the promoter getting 15 percent of the show they didn't do anything it's like well no i mean they structured the entire deal they they you know hopefully i mean maybe they made a flyer for the show like maybe they're also juggling like like 20 other shows at the same time oh, yeah. like there's a lot of things that they go into that thing uh well why is my manager getting this because your manager is literally communicating to everybody else your agent and the promoter and everybody else as to what needs to get done your agent's doing this because they're like they're get like they're putting you in the venue right like everybody has a role to play if we all just understand what the role is then we don't have to feel like our interests are competing right yeah, i agree so it's, it's funny i laugh at that because the reason i was late is because I'm in the middle of uh, facilitating a deal with a band that I work with that, that I manage and it's these little itty bitty details that I'm getting caught up in that they have no clue and I'm not saying this like what was me at all I'm just saying um, on the management side of it it's funny because there's so many little things that people don't realize that shit managers don't even realize till they're dealing with it um, but that's why I was late is because I was caught up handling things like that you trying to fulfill a rider bro no, 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 not at all. Um, just, just contract stuff yeah, yeah. and stuff that you, you know, like you just kind of don't know about until you run into it. And you know, it's all good stuff, but it's funny because the band won't know about it. You know, I'm not really going to get into it with them because then I have to explain the whole thing, and it's like time-consuming. I mean, obviously, it's not something that affects them to where they need to know. Right. In that circumstance, it's it's they already know the details. They don't need to know the the minute details of how I got there. Right. Um, but it's funny that you say that, you, you know, like, yeah, but sometimes they do, though, because then then it, then it lends like validation to why you earn what you earn on this. Well, other show, yeah, you know? I, I mean, that's true, too. But I, I think they they're they, they know they trust they you know. enough. Hopefully yeah, they yeah. trust you enough to just they handle do. it. Do. You know, they do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's just that's always been an aspect of it. It's, it's been like very uh, curious to me uh, as to why everyone seems like our interests are competing when it's like a rising tide lifts all boats. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, you say, uh, I was just going to say the, I, what you said earlier, but I'm going to, like, you know, Sherlock Holmes to Watson sort of deal on this. And explain I like it. that. I it's like, it. like you said, like, the the bands are like, well, what are you fucking doing? Like, we fucking wrote all these songs. We're practicing. We're doing everything else, social media, et cetera, writing albums and all that shit. And then we're going to give you 50% because you, you, you said that we get to play your show. Because that's all that they see. If they're Dumbos. Right. And well, I have to it, add that little asterisk onto it. Because... Because they don't know what it is. But that is most of the time. Because usually there's some person who's either handling all of it, or if it's not the band leader, it's the manager or booking agent, whatever. And all they see, every band per mate or whatever that is not you know, dealing with any of that, all they see is that, is right. that 15%. They're like... And then they'll get to a show and like maybe it didn't do so well or whatever like that. And then there'll only be like you know half of the expected guests and like you got to give him fifty percent or them for for what? What do they do? Well, that's 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 the thing. Is like I, I'm very big on on like. But it's a, it's a very narrow-minded view. Is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that it, that's why it's important to wait and to get like like before you seek representation, wait and like learn how the game works yourself and navigate these kind of this, this terrain on your own 
before you start to seek representation because the thing is like there's a lot that you won't understand that they're doing if you don't actually like when i worked at guitar center like they, they wouldn't hire you unless you've worked in every position in the store you need to work oh, the warehouse you need that. to work the floor like you need that. to work you know whatever and like be, they, they do that because they need you to understand what it means that you be in these positions before yeah. you start like being in charge of people and that's why jeff bezos should work in the warehouse we all yeah agree. okay um so <laughs> imagine that uh Isn't he busy Sending shit to space. He's yeah, busy that guy's probably inside of a dick ship to space. Yes. Oh, yeah, billion, multi-billion dollar industry is not fucking hard at all. Yeah, he did it all uh, anyways, himself. 100% himself. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> oh, no, being a part of being a great business person and leader He's is being a great delegator. 150 billion uh, times harder than everybody else. Doesn't matter. The, the point that I'm sure it's all on, you know, on the up and up too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the overall point just being that like it's it's important to understand the different roles and when you're when you're managing when you're a band that's self-managed and self-booked you start to understand what goes into each of those things um and you know and then then sometimes you have to act as a promoter you know early especially especially early on when you're first booking shows and you don't even know that a promoter's like a thing where you're just like okay i play at your venue and the venue owner's just like okay the venue owner does not give a fuck. They're just gonna be like, "Yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll put, yeah, put the show on." Yeah. Uh, there's like, you know, whatever. Like, either have a promoter or don't. But just like, yeah, put the show on. And then like, you put the show on. You're like, "Why is no one at my show?" We didn't have a flyer. Like, oh, why aren't we getting paid at the end of the night? Well, we didn't talk about what we were getting paid. Uh, how much are tickets for the show? We didn't discuss that. Is there a ticket link? No one made a ticket link. Uh, like, just all the like, like what what are the set times? Like, how long are we playing for? All the little details, and, and you know, there's all, and as the shows grow, obviously there's a lot more detail that get that goes in that. But like those are the things you learn early on that you can't fully appreciate if right out of the gate you just have representation, you know, yeah. which is why people feel like they're getting fucked. No, I know. Uh, speaking of uh, 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 little details, what is the little detail that we probably don't know that a promoter does? A little detail that a promoter does. I mean, a, a big thing it's is the weirdest little detail. I guess, uh, I well, say. a big thing is is. You know, putting a show together. Yeah. You, you know, like there's, there's some promoters who don't give a shit. You know, um, there's there's some that do, but like the the other night, I'm gonna go ahead and name drop some names here because, you know, we're gonna get some plugs in. But uh, this is a hate cast. F- so. No, no, this is good stuff. This is good shit. <laughs> oh, okay, so good cast. so with FYF booking, who who I, uh, I, I produce and manage the events done um, by FYF in Jacksonville. We had Blacktop Mojo, great. Fucking rock and roll, kick-ass rock and roll band. Yeah, man. And they needed three openers because they're touring by themselves, which is cool because a lot of bands will have, like, their openers. And, and some bands are kind of assholes about openers. Some agents are assholes about it. Totally. It's kind of a weird thing that, that we, we run into these days. Totally. Um, openers have to be approved by management. And it's kind of like I get that in a sense, but at the same time when you're dealing with someone reputable, just sit back and, and let the promoter do their job. Just like I'm letting you do your job with booking a band, you know, with the agent. But that's that's a whole nother podcast. But we know about bad promoters, right? And they've had their and, fair share. I'm and that's sure. a problem. They do run yeah. into that. But, you, you know, luckily in Jacksonville, we have bands that fit the bill. Um, like-minded people. They don't sound the same per se, but they're they're under the same umbrella. Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, Calford Town Band. Crushed it, amazing. by the way. Holy Shout shit. Out. Probably the best I've seen them. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, they were amazing. Actually, Annie Duke's. 
also best I've seen them, but I've only seen them twice. It's my second time seeing them. I but missed them, unfortunately. Just, oh, my God. They're fucking amazing. They are amazing. I heard it was a great set, yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, Danger Bird. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Like, like shout, was, shout out to John Ward. He's in that band. Our homie. He was on the show a listen, while Listen, holy shit. This whole show from start to finish was fucking amazing. Ama- like, I was so proud because I put those bands together with Blacktop, and Blacktop was saying how it was the best show that they've had consistently overall from start to finish. They were like, you know, we play with some great bands, but then one of the bands isn't so hot. He's like, this band, or they, they were like, this this lineup with bands was amazing through and through. Um, and what's cool is we had the opportunity um, to get a couple of the bands on the Orlando show tonight because some things happened with the locals there where they had to drop off last minute where uh, – in the age of COVID, so things yeah, like that right. happen, unfortunately. Where are they playing at? Um, at Soundbar, which is Soundbar. a great fucking venue. Did that used to be Back Booth? Yeah, it used to be Back Booth, okay, we and it's I amazing. played there a while back ago. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jared from uh, Soundbar. Good friend who is the owner. But um, So it's cool because now these two great bands are playing, or two of the three great bands are playing in Orlando tonight. And I'm you know, scrolling through the interwebs today, and I see Blacktop Mojo tagging the bands that they're playing with nice. because they're stoked because they just fucking watched them the other night and they all became friends and they're tagging Annie Dukes and they're in pictures with Annie Dukes and commenting and you know, Blacktop is doing really well right now. They're playing a lot of the festival circuits and they're kicking ass. They're a great band. They work their asses off. They've been doing it for a while. Yeah. It's so not awesome. It's cool because they're a band that, that could help other bands out. That's, and that's how it works, you know? So a little detail coming back to that is that, I was able to put together this lineup, which in turn is helping the bands because they're playing for like-minded fans um, to where Blacktop fans saw them. And now they're like, I'm buying this fucking band shirt and I'm going to listen to them as soon as I get home because holy shit. Um, And then the band is reaching out and liking the bands and that, you know, that creates you know movement you know and And social media stuff the cross-platforming is a big thing too it does it's such a huge thing so now you know it gives bands credibility because it's really hard as you guys know when you're when you're when you're trying really hard it's really hard to get noticed by people you need to get noticed by but people who are already there being noticed can very easily make phone calls can talk about people can get their fans going hey check out this band you're probably going to like them if you like us you're going to like them. Yeah. And you like us, so you trust our opinion. We, we have a you know, bigger uh, scope than what these other bands do. So that, that's one of the things. And, and, you know, I take pride in that. Um, it's definitely an art to putting together like a, like a, like a cohesive it, show. Right. You know? And it's not always easy, um, you know, and you can't always do that, of course. And it doesn't necessarily have to even be like-minded bands, though. Sometimes bands just fit together, even if they're not quite the same. Um, and that's okay. That's awesome. That's what, what's great about music is, you know, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize, you know, my spectrum of taste. I'm a metalhead through and through, but man, like I love everything. Like I love pop music. I love pop country. It's funny. I say country. Everybody just assumes I like outlaw country. I'm like, no, man, I like the pop country that people don't like. That's Maybe that's an unpopular ev- opinion. No, I assume that I assume everybody's <laughs> talking about pop country now when they say I like country just because yeah. that's that's the. That's kind of like the norm it's, these days, it's unfortunately. It's what it's become, but yeah, I, I mean, love it. I lo- it I it's love catchy, it. man. It is like catchy. you said, accessibility. I'm a fan yeah. of it, honestly. I love a good hook. Yeah, for but, sure. But, you know, so so that's definitely one of the things. Um, you know, sometimes you don't always make money, and you're trying to help the band out, and you're, you're making sure the band gets taken care of before you do. That happens 
also, you know, and it is what it is. You you just <laughs> with good you go with it. <laughs> well, the you know? good, I mean, Otherwise yeah, they're asking you for money. The, at the, the good the, the, the good promoters just at, at the very at the bare mi- I mean the bare minimum, which is what should be expected, is just honor the deal. Which means yeah. if if oh like God. if you're losing money, then uh, like that sucks, but you're losing money. And I've been on the end of it where I've been where you know like you know where you skip the middleman. And your band ends up being the promoter for the show, mm-hmm. and we guarantee—I you know, guarantee a band money, or I guarantee them a certain split—and it means that money comes out of my pocket. Then that's then that's just what it is, you know what I mean? Or like you know, you can ask the guys, especially earlier on in in, uh, in, in the band when it was like you know we were guaranteeing uh, rates for for shows and stuff like what do that, you mean? like like with, with with you. And, oh, when and you used to pay me. <laughs> well, let's let, let's uh, we can we can uh, we can rephrase that a little bit. No, when I would can't. guarantee you, I mean that's it. When I guarantee, <laughs> when you get guaranteed a certain amount of money per show, uh-huh. uh, and I'm then still guaranteed the same amount. Yeah, Ooh, uh, zero. <laughs> that's not true. Um, but uh, um, it, where it was like if 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 even if the band was uh, like collectively was in a deficit that weekend yeah. or whatever it was you still got the money that that, that you know, you were promised and I think that that's like a very important thing to, to establish credibility you know otherwise people don't want to work like if you lose money and you're like well sorry man I know the deal was this but you know we didn't make any money it's like well that's not really my fault is it I showed up and did the show I sh- you know I did, I promote I helped to promote the event did whatever I could. And if it didn't work, then I still got to get, you know, so the deal has to be honored. You know what I mean? Deal always, always has to be honored. Now, you could talk about things. Yeah, totally. You could say, hey, listen, and if everybody wants to adjust, that's cool, but nobody is, has to adjust. It is what it is. You, right. You fucking don't make a deal if you can't stick by it. And that's, that's the simple fucking keep your word shit. I mean, that's, and, and I guess a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't always do that, but, you know, don't, don't offer a guarantee that you don't have. You know, don't, exactly. don't do it. Just don't do it. And, you know, there, there's times where, where some bands that I absolutely love would ask for just money that I'm like, we're not going to make that money. I can't book that show. Yeah. I want to book you guys. I would love to book you guys, but I'm not doing that much money. It's the um, importance of having, uh, like, you know, having, like, different cap rooms in, in, in a city. It really helps to grow your market because, I mean, Jacksonville's got – got the population there's not that many cities in america that have over a million people and jacksonville is one of them we have the population we don't have the venues that that can support like that next thing so let's say if a band's asking for a certain amount of money and you're looking at the numbers and you're like this is there's no way that like we're gonna make this money back that's literally just because well we don't have a room to put you in man like our our biggest cap before the Florida Theater is what six hundred right now? Yeah, six hundred underbelly. So that I'm it's, stoked it's a under, big jump. It, I'm stoked that underbelly is there, and, and congratulations to those guys for opening and doing their, their thing. We need another venue between the six hundred cap. At uh, what's what's Florida Theater like? The Florida I think Florida like, Theater I think is twenty or uh, twenty one hundred or something like yeah, that. Yeah, wow, that's something, huge. Something we need, like that. It's need, it's and even so, with, with Florida Theater, it's it's a theater. You know, like yeah. here's the thing, right? Like if you're gonna go see a kick-ass metal band, and and I've seen metal bands at Florida Theater, it's just not exciting, dude. To fucking sit there at a fucking show, right? And not even a, just a good rock and roll show, dude. Dude, I went to see Michael McDonald at Florida Theater, and I'm like. I don't want to fucking sit and watch Michael McDonald, dude. Like, I like Michael McDonald. I want to stand and fucking cheer and fucking, you know, like, sing his songs with him. Like, I don't want to sit during a show, personally. You know, I'm not into that. Like, and I, I know it's a different demographic, but, it, you know, there's not a lot of rooms. I mean, there's Ponte Vedra Music Hall. 
It's only 500 um, cap though, right? I don't know what the cap is there. Yeah, it's I pretty small. Know. And um, still sit down, I think. And no, it's not. Oh, it's not? It's, I no. think it's flexible. I think they could do both. I think okay. they have seating if they need to. But, um, but yeah, I, I th- it's just it's, it's kind of out of out of the way. It's not really very accessible to a lot of people. Um, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's, it, there's definitely a little bit of a hole missing. Um, we don't have that thousand. We need that thousand, thousand cap, cap room. room. That's what we need. That thousand and, cap room. And there was Mavericks, you know, Mavericks was there for was a bit. About to say, but yeah. Was that, what was it? Were they a the thousand? Landing. They were 1100 from yeah. what I understand. 1100 really. Yeah, I wow. can tell you, man, like, and I'm not trying to talk shit and I'm not, you know, I'm just saying there's, I'm sure there are artists who, who do like it, but there's some artists who didn't like that place. Yeah. And they would they would play smaller rooms, to take a pay cut, there. and cut their production to not play there. I've heard weird things about that place. Anyways, I've never been, too. but I've just always heard bad things about it just from people. It, I could say it had a lot of potential. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, there's a I, there's a bunch of buildings downtown that look like they need something going on in them. So I'm sure we could figure out a good thousand cap. Let's go in on a business endeavor together. Let's just open yeah. up a venue. That's hey, we all know what's hey, going on here. Thousand cap room. I mean, like. I know that's How a hard thing to find. Feet you need yeah, to like I actually don't know the answer to that. That'd yeah, be a good question a to ask that's a good somebody. Question. Yeah. Um, okay, so I really. What was Freebird? Freebird was like seven fifty, wasn't it? Uh, I think six ninety nine was its oh. actual capacity. Yeah. Wow. I think was a number. Well, it we can all, we can get it. Let, let's Very let's close. talk about overselling shows, shall we? That's always a fun topic that no one talks about. Yeah. Right. Because well, <laughs> it's illegal. It's, <laughs> not really right. when you take into account the logistics of the whole thing, right? Not, uh, when you take in the yeah, fire just, marshals. Right, yeah, it fire marshals come illegal. in and they don't like shit like that for some reason. <laughs> well, let's be honest. When is there actually when when is it actually at full cap in the room? And that's why we oversell shows, right? Right. And we take into account when that people, people leave. Who do them. Not we, but other people. Yeah, when other it. people do, right? Sorry, right, I didn't. Right. I wasn't. I've never played a sold out room before. Let's be Ever. honest. Um, <laughs> I played an elevator before. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you can only fit that many people in there. Yeah, right? it's sold pretty, out show. It's, it's sold out. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like the idea of like people leaving once their band stops playing, or people just going out for a cigarette break, or just wanting to take a break for like the room, you know, might maintain eighty percent like the whole time. So you can always sell a little bit more. If you have a, you know, a 300 cap room, you probably sell, I don't know, 400 safely. I guess it depends on what, what it is, but there's sometimes where people don't come out to the show that have tickets that don't come out. Yeah. Don't use them. And they let you know ahead of time or something. So you know that, but it's just innovative um, thinking really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be, you know, now there's co- a lot of COVID cancellations. People yeah. say, Hey, I'm not going to go because of COVID and you know, so uh, here's something that I've been dying to ask you about the whole time. But I wanted to get, I wanted to, you know, get your background all that first. Uh, I need to understand the metal scene uh, and the hip hop scene and the punk scene, and you seem to have a lot more uh, understanding of that world than certainly we have. Um, what's the deal? Why do you guys have like eight bands on a bill, and why does nobody ever make any money? So, well. There's definitely money to be made. There's a, there's a weird thing in there. I know. It's like you make none or you make a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it just depends on the kind of metal because some metal is literally only two bands and that's going to fill the yeah, whole fucking show. Feel, sorry. And you can't, you know, their gear is ridiculous. And, you know, you get more of the underground metal bands. And, yeah, it's a little different. They come from a different world. Uh, they have more of a punk rock ethos, I guess you could say. Um, 
But you know, I I don't know. Like it's it's just it's not mainstream. You know, you can only charge so much. People have this whole there's a jam thing. world though either, and and these guys are making tons of money. Yeah, a lot of jam fans are, um, tend to be in. Some of them are in an older bracket, so they could afford more because they have more That's money. That's true. Yeah. Um, where you you know a lot of the the metals is a weird thing because metal can mean thirty different things. Sure. Um, even punk, you, you know, I mean, you, you got Bad Religion selling out House of Blues and shit like that. Lagwagon, um, you, you know, we did at the Amphitheater in St. Augustine and crushed it. We did however many people, I can't remember, it was like over a thousand, but, you know, great. So some bands are crushing it, you know, yeah. some bands are able to do it. But, you, you know, like the, the underground ones that, that are still doing it, it's a lot of it is passion and love, you know, and it's it's comes with the territory that. You know, they they grew up playing warehouses or VFW halls for five bucks to get in. Um, that's kind of a weird thing to me, and and it's, it's, it's I have to explain it to people a lot of times. It's put some worth on yourself. You know, like value yourself as an artist. Um, charging ten bucks these days is not a lot of money. Not at all. Know? It's it's a very fair price, and anybody who wants to see live music and who gives a shit should be able to afford ten bucks. And if they don't. If they complain about that, then maybe you don't want them as fans. Totally. Because, you know, like, you do have to make money as, a, as an artist. It's fucking fact. You have to make money as an artist. You, promoters need to make money. You, you know, venues need to make money. All that shit costs money. It is what it is. You need equipment. You need gear. You could have shitty equipment. It still costs money. Everything costs money. It costs money to get there. It's Everything's money. You know, time is money. And, you know, a lot of people in, in those genres, if... They don't see eight dollars on it. Anything under ten bucks, they'll go to. But otherwise, too much. And I'm like, that's eh, kind of fucked up. It's kind of changing. It's changing, I think. But um, you know, they're just so used to those underground shows that, you know, if it's more than five dollars, then they're sellouts. And I'm like, what the? F-? And right. I, I don't even believe in the sellout term. Like, what the fuck is a sellout? Like, a sellout is fucking going to a fucking job you hate every fucking day, doing some bullshit, where. If you're playing music, you love it. Even if it's not music you particularly love, it's still playing music. That's it's still better than fucking going and working some fucking, uh, I don't know, janitor job somewhere. Like, no 100%. offense people love doing that, but... No, you know? 100%, 100%, man. That, that's kind of what, like, where I was getting at. I'm like, well, if, if it's for the love of music, then do you love working a regular job and then going on the road and, like, and like I don't know, struggling for a week or two weeks and then coming home to work a regular job and then like I don't know I don't know, just, just just to live it's it's like most most people that work regular jobs are the nine to fives they get their two weeks re, uh, paid vacation they have their insurance and their benefits like that's the life that they're trying that in that scene seem, seems to be like rebelling against but yet it seems to be the life that they're living they go on the like, yeah. they go on the road they, they might play and headline even huge festivals in that world but then like don't walk away with anything and then, then you're going back and working a regular job just so you can go and work for the weekend again which seems kind of uh i don't know counterintuitive for for, for the re- rebellion aspect of of the genre you know yeah it, it is and, and i think it's kind of a means to an end because y- y- you know here's the thing right when w- when you're old and you're talking to your grandkids you're not going to talk about working at some fucking office job 
right? Like, who the fuck remembers working in an office job except for how fucking miserable it is? Right. You know, some people like it, and that's awesome, but some people can't do that. Like, some people, it's not instilled with them. Me being one of them. But, Same. you know, I'm going to have tons of stories to tell my kid about fucking shows and, and bands that she listens to. Be like, oh, yeah, I booked them. Uh, you know, like, oh, that band came through. You know, like those, those, those are experiences. I, you know, I went on the road. I went and toured here, and I was at this city. Yeah, man. Like that's that's experience, and that's you can't put a dollar amount on that, really. Um, so it's it's kind of it's a labor of love, you know. And sometimes it it is just enough money to keep you doing it, and it kind of almost gets you in that cycle to where well, I can't stop touring because if I stop touring, I'm gonna have to get that shitty job. Yeah, totally. So I'm gonna have to put this album out and go tour and, and bust my ass in the van. Um, because we're making just enough, but we're 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 not getting past that certain point. But we're we're at least surviving, so I got to keep on doing it, which is which is office jobs or something like that. Yeah, a lot exactly. Of times. You get stuck paycheck to paycheck. You can't quit that job because you're dependent on that paycheck, and it's the whole cycle that they got us in. But sometimes it happens with music, which is probably the better cycle to be in, though. I guess, but when it stints creativity and like you get stuck in the rut, it's like it's it's probably more unfulfilling to be in that rut because you're so passionate about this thing that you don't have any, uh, you don't have any control uh, over. Yeah, not even control, but you just don't have it. Like you don't have any more inspiration for it, you yeah. know. And that's and that's like you get burned out. The ultimate defeat is feeling like there's no inspiration for this thing that you're so passionate about. You I know. Was, I was gonna say oh, we were talking about this earlier about what it really means to be a musician. And what it really means is that you have to be like on on the streets. Like you have to be so you have to, poor. You have, you have to be you have to be overdrawn <laughs> in your bank account. Yeah. You have to have a girlfriend who's always threatening to leave you. <laughs> you have to have at least two vehicles that aren't fully working. But you do have two vehicles, and you put them together. That's one. And it's one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and addiction helps. An addiction, An addiction helps. Oh helps. God, does addiction help? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Outstanding bar tab at every place that you. Shitty ever parents. Yes. Shitty, shitty parents. parents. Oh great my way. God, you're. Preach, uh, and we could also we, we uh, I have a great dad though, um, and then uh, we can talk. Uh, you also have to have uh, um, what was it? Fuck, there was this one thing. Literally, uh, like, oh, you have to be the most unreliable human being yeah, in the world. Yeah. Just make sure that nobody can take your word that yeah. seriously. And make sure, but that also show up sometimes so they'll still show up to your shows, right? And make sure that no loan officer will ever look at your credit score and not start laughing. Yeah. Oh my God, Anything guys. Below let's talk about it. If you don't have a credit score below 400, then you're not really, you're not doing, you really it right. doing, you're not doing it right. You're not fucking you're doing, not doing it right. But you probably got cool the- fucking shoes. Oh, and you definitely have a cool jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, I have a cool jacket. Bro, and I, one I was, pair of pants. I, I made it. <laughs> I, I was, Steven's white pants. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> I was took it out of my mouth, bro. Yo, no, no, so so I made this. I, I was, yeah, Steven, love you, Steve. Love you. Uh, he wasn't wearing those the other night. No, by the way. he wasn't. Oh, no. Was he, he wasn't. wearing just underwear then? <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. I was making this joke because uh, what was the headlining band called? Uh, Black Top Mojo. Black Top Mojo. They had this like huge tour bus in the front. Gigantic. Yeah. And I like and I walk into the venue and I see Steve up with Calford, just fucking ultimate rock star yeah, mode. He and is I just like a rock star. I look over at Chelsea it. and I, I was just it. I was just like, that bus, that's just Steve's bus. That's <laughs> 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 like like not for the rest of, that's just Steve's bus. Oh amazing. Hey, this. Can we talk about her a, fucking crushing the, uh, the grand opening <laughs> underbelly because holy I, shit! I've heard great things. I wasn't there, unfortunately. <laughs> really, they did they a good job. It's so amazing and awesome. awesome. What a great thing yeah. they are. They are. They're. I mean, so her and fun. Chris do an amazing job, like just keeping the thing going, man, and writing these awesome songs. And yeah, she's obviously she's super talented, and Chris is a great guitar player. And together they have like a great, uh, 
partnership, man. Yeah. It's really uh, I'm yeah. excited to see what happens with them for sure. Um, yeah. So I I just so the, this thing with the, with, with uh like that that scene though it seems so like like I, what's the deal with the eight the eight bands, bands on one bill? Minutes. I don't get that. So, I've never been to one though, so I I can't. I'm talking out of my well. That, yeah, here's the thing, right? Like if you go, you get it because the energy is way fucking. It's I don't give a shit. It's cool as fuck, right? Yeah. Like the energy in it is fucking wild, and again, metal. It depends on what you talk about, because you know, Judas Priest is the kings of metal, and you know it's just them and another band. But you know, like the younger guys, they, there are. Um, sometimes five, six bands, sometimes eight. You know, it depends on what it is. But y- you know why? Because everybody wants to play with their friends. Um, everybody gets excited to be like, oh, my God, I want to play with that band. That band sounds cool. And then you're like, well, cool, man. We'll just do 20-minute sets, and then we'll share gear. And so it's just kind of – it's it's a very family-oriented uh, scene. The the underground scene is very family-oriented. Um, there's obviously drama, of course. Like, yeah, totally. Where, where isn't – but it's very close-knit. Um you know, people make best friends with people like from everywhere, even if they're not in bands, just especially now, it's just easier like to connect. So they'll go to festivals and they'll 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 have their festival friends and then they want to travel to different cities. Sure. And all of a sudden, so, you know, and then, you, you know, a, a band's touring through and they're like, oh, shit, we're going to be in that city at the same time. Well, shit, we'll just combine shows yeah. because we're not greedy. We're going to try to look out for each other. And we fucking shared a van at some point. You know, on a different tour together. So fuck it, we'll just make one big show out of it, and that happens all the time. Um, it's just, it's really, it's, it's a, a, a that community thing again. Yeah, really what it comes down to. Do you feel like have you ever come across any promoters or people on the back end of it that might have been a little bit uh, predatory entering that scene? Just oh, given the nature of the I, musicians, I deal with it on a yearly basis, maybe more than yearly in Jacksonville, where. It's it's like fucking clockwork. Someone's going to pop up. What the fuck are you doing? And they might not necessarily have the wrong intentions, but they don't have the right mindset. And they fuck things up, and they start... Give us an, give us an example. Taking advantage of things. Um, <laughs> you have to name any names. I just like... I, I like the dirt. I, I want to know what to look <laughs> out for, just in case it starts to happen to us, too, you know? Well, an example. There's just there's people who do the promises that they're not supposed to do, yeah, and they don't know any better. They think because they see an amount of people at a show, they think that a show is making this much money, but it's not making that much money. Um, and then they'll promise band something. The band's first time through Jacksonville or whatever, or whatever city it might be that shitty promoters happen. Um, they don't follow through with their promises, and it makes your city look bad. Yeah, believe totally. it or not, it really does. It it's does. a bad reflection on your city. Um, there are some people some promoters that when they overpromise a band money maybe they did get paid that money when they came through however there was money lost on the show but now the band it comes back around that promoter's gone because they lost fucking money on fucking three shows and lost their ass and they're done now so when the band comes back through they're like well last time we played there we got paid a thousand bucks so we should get paid 1500 bucks this time when realistically they should have got paid 500 bucks and then now a band was got got overpaid, so to speak. Okay. Um, that happens also. You drive the price up, and not to be an asshole, but just some bands just aren't worth what they're they're asking prices from agents, and a- agents sometimes will. There are some agents out there, not all, believe it or not. There are some agents that will take advantage of promoters like that, oh, and then it becomes a promoter and agent problem. But uh, 
you know, bands are just, you know, doing their thing. There's, I don't know, there's there's promoters that will put bands on uh, from out of town when it should be more of a slot for a local band who's earned their right to be on, like, a bigger show or something like that. Right. Um, there's things like that that happen. so many times it's, to me. It's, it's oh, kind of yeah. aggravating to where you're like, yo, man, like, there's so many bands that would fit this tour package that um, it, this happens in, in the hip-hop world with some people where, you, you know, they, they get paid. They're paid to play. Right. And I'm not mad, you know, like, yo, if people want to pay to play, that's, that's up to you. I don't personally do that. But if an artist wants to pay to play, that's cool. But here's the problem, right? So you have this hip-hop guy coming through, and he does decent, sells decent amount of tickets, whereas you could have put on locals because hip-hop, you kind of stack the bill because they play short sets. There's no changeover, really. Right. So, but there's a lot of talented dudes in Jacksonville, but you could go, hey, here's these amount of tickets. You go sell them. You make money off of each ticket you sell. I don't need money up front or any of that shit. Just go hustle. Go work. Bring mm-hmm. your people out. Oh, yeah. Because you're playing a bigger show. So you should be on the next level. If you want to be on that next level, then bring a handful of people, right? Instead, there's promoters who will be like, oh, cool, this dude from Indiana just gave me a 1000 bucks. You could play the show. So now you get to the show, and you have a few rappers on there that aren't from Jacksonville. And the headliner's playing for 200 people, whereas if the locals were on it instead of openers from different areas that nobody knows, you, you could have had them selling tickets in the, in the market, which would have been the the local hip hop artists promoting themselves and in turn bringing more people out playing for other people because there's other rappers that are, that are playing the show. So they're, they're kind of trading off fans right? and now, but they're, you're bringing the fans in and there's more people in a room. So now the headliner goes on stage. He's like, Oh shit, room's full, right? There's a lot of people in here. The bar's full. The bar's doing better. So it's a, the whole Community's doing better. Right. So the promoter can just easily go, well, you know, it's easier for me to just get money from this dude, put it in my pocket. I don't give a shit what he does after that. But that sucks. That's cool for you as a promoter, but what does that do for everyone else? It doesn't make the show better. That's crazy to it, think of somebody paying paying well, you to just play the show. A huge thing. Yeah. I don't know why I, I never thought of that before. I it's a very big thing. It's a huge thing. And it doesn't just happen in the hip hop community. It yeah, happens. No, no. It's everything. It yeah. was a big thing down south. Do you remember when I was first getting started? Yeah, man. When I was first getting started, there was a lot of instant like uh, situations where, where I would I would encounter that just playing like solo acoustic guitar just to get on a show or something. And I know I I I I, I, I think wait you paid to play it for shows uh when i was first getting started okay. yeah when i was like late teens yeah like like it's I a was thing in big city like miami big cities, and my la i guess i NYC. get it i'm like i feel like uh, naive thinking that people would actually do that but like damn that makes me so because well, you have to because everyone's trying to get on those shows you know i, I but, get it and, but you're and, supposed and, to get and, on it because you're talented yeah but and and, and i and i know and, and i think you may not have somebody in mind, but I, I, I think I know who you might be talking about on some level. But there's, there's. Oh, I got a few people in mind for yeah, sure. I was talking about real life situations. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Is that a company, or are you just saying like real life situations? Like, like as a, that's just what it is. No, there's, there's definitely people who are out oh. there that do that. Like, it's, it's. I thought there was a company. Worst band name. Ever. I thought there was a company called Real Life Situations. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. no I, I was saying I thought there was. <laughs> that's what I'm Anyways. saying. Like the worst name ever. Why would you yeah. think that? I don't know, but. 
real life situation. But but the scenario that you're talking about, uh, people don't necessarily think about the, the the community as much, especially when you're talking about third party promotion companies that aren't local. Yep. That's and that's the key usually right there. what it is. That's yeah, and I, I like there's one company that I know I won't say, but I know for sure uh, that's like that because they operated in South Florida too, and I've seen them operate here, and I and I know the deal. So it's like they they probably operate Are you everywhere. About Paris Hilton, <laughs> but which was just, Mavericks was Club Paris before it was Mavericks. I remember, and she was gonna open really? it all up. Yeah, in high school, I remember it did that. open. It did for a open. second, and, and Jacksonville was like, nah. She never showed yeah. up. Oh, she never showed up. Yeah, she didn't show up. Oh, this is the <laughs> place we're talking about. I remember hearing about that. It was a yeah, Super Bowl I time. remember. Yeah, it was 2004. You're like, oh, this didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it, that, that's that's crazy. I mean, like like those are the kinds of things, man. It's 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 important, especially as a smaller venue, to kind of like keep your your people uh, local, you know, because then then the interests of the community are in mind, and then like you know the interest of the venue and all the bands mm-hmm. are, you know, it all just kind of like, yeah. But it's those scenes are just it's 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 a wild thing to me, man. Because like like for me, it's like. Yeah, obviously we don't we don't operate in a scene that's like uh you know a pop market so like in the jam band thing or whatever like there's still uh there's still an aspect of it where you're not trying to sell out but uh uh there's also this aspect of it where these people are you know a lot of them they do kind of like operate in the pop world some of them like as producers or whatever right but um but like their bands still make money and like for me i don't see why that's a problem to like try and like to, to grind and like and and be like you know financially successful at the I, thing I think you know it's phenomenal when people are successful in music i don't care if you're playing in a country band that you might because a lot of country artists are metalheads or punk dudes oh yeah let's do what and you got to do they're playing like in country bands because they got hired because they're great players and sometimes you just don't make it i mean you, not everybody can make it in music right so yeah. sometimes you got to get in where you're fitting and if you're able to make a career out of that Hell yeah, dude! Like that's that's the way to go, you know. How, like, it's, how about John Five, bro? Oh, Fucking, John Five's a beast, dude. Uh, Marilyn Manson, and also like one of the best country players. Absolutely, ever heard. dude. One it's, of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet, too, man. He I've is an absolute gem. I've worked with him a lot. Nice. Um, you, you know, doing the festival circuits and whatnot, and the dude is the real deal. One of the most legit. Super weird dude, too, man. Like it's very like everything you see about him is one thousand percent him, dude. He's a fucking weirdo and a super nice dude. And that's it's why it awesome. works, right? He's awesome. authentic. That's, he's that's, very authentic. That's what, that's what it's all man, about. And man, can that man fucking play the fucking guitar, dude. Yeah, he's amazing. Whew. Amazing, uh, amazing, amazing. So I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned something about, about bands that you know are asking for this that should really only be asking for this. Uh, when, when do you think that a band uh, should be asking for more money in a certain market once they've kind of proven their worth in the market? Like, what do you need to see as a promoter to see to, to, to see that's a viable ask? I mean, just admission, you know, just people coming out. Yeah. Um, now we could, you know, you could look at stuff online, find out hype, which is cool. That helps a lot nowadays where before, like, fuck, man, I have no clue how this show is going to do. You just kind of wing it and you're kind of hoping the agent's not bullshitting you, you know. But some bands just ask for too much money, though. And, like, you, you know, like, and it's okay to some bands start with the, the whole haggle thing. Mm-hmm. You start higher and someone goes lower and then you meet in the middle kind of thing. Right, of course. Um, I get that. But, you, you know, sometimes you're just like, man, let's just cut through the bullshit. Let's make it fucking – Let's every, we're all being fair here. I get what you're doing, but if I'm going to book you, let's go here. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to fucking lowball you. 
Um, you have I, to, but you, 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 and you for sure know that you're one of the good ones, right? Because I, most people are trying to like save some extra money, which is why we as bands have to haggle a little bit because we have to start a little bit higher sometimes yeah. because most people, like I've, I've just learned this, that if you don't ask, you're just not going to get, right. you know, like no, rarely are you, are they just, gonna, is a promoter or the talent buyer just going to give you what they have access, like what they have access right. to. Right. And you know, I'm never against bands asking ever. It's kind of annoying. If, if I get an email from a band I've never worked with before and they're like, you know, hey, we want like 700 bucks. And I'm like, mm, probably not going to give that to you, right? Like, yeah. I've never worked with you. You're hitting me up directly. You don't have an agent. Um, you know, I don't I don't know why you'd be asking for that. Now, you don't always get that. But, you know, 100 bucks, 150 bucks. Now I'm like, all right, this band's like trying to be realistic. Right. You know, and then, and then it looks better. You try to work with bands like that, honestly. I do anyway. I'm like, all right, that's, that's a realistic number. Let's let's work with it. Let's see what we can do. I won't always promise. It depends on the band. Sometimes I'm just like, look, we'll do a really good door deal. Door deals sometimes are fucking great, especially with bigger artists. There's there's some artists that do tour on door deals, and that's what Tim Hall was telling us. Because they make more money that way. Yeah, honestly, like a fucking good door deal, you make more money. Yeah. Um, that's it's it's a lot of times you know you'll tell it to an agent who's trying to sell you a band. You're like, dude, I, I I I don't feel that the market is. Is good for twenty five hundred dollars. Oh no, no, they're gonna do the numbers. They're definitely guaranteed to do numbers. I'm like, all right, cool, let's do a door deal then. Well, no, 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 we don't want to do that. I'm like, well, why not? Like, you're making more that way. Right. Now you're now you're showing me that you're fearful that it's not going to do the numbers. You know why is that? And you know I get door deals are scary because there are promoters who don't care. But to me, I'm like, you know, show is a show. Uh, I'm gonna try to do what I can for all of them. I, you, you know. Well, there's a lot of there's Maybe. a lot of factors, you know, like like, like you know, weather could be a factor, and there's yeah. things like you know, what night of the week is it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your market look yep. like? I mean, we we might know we can do numbers on like a Friday, but we're coming through on a Wednesday because you might not be in a market, so like we don't know for sure that we're gonna pull this thing. So we need a guaranteed, so we just know we're gonna get to the next city. Competing you know, so, shows, is yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like. I, I can understand the hesitancy of, a, of an agent to ask for a guarantee and then pull back and say, we, we, we don't want a door deal, depending on certain factors. But, like, yeah, I definitely – like, Tim Hall was saying that. He was, like, most big, most of, like, the really big bands aren't even doing guarantees. Like, that's just, like – because for, they for sure know they're, they're going to sell and, like, you're going to make a lot more money that way. Yeah. Which is awesome to me. Uh, I would love to get to that point. Have you ever tasted heaven in a glass? Do you pine for the hoppiest brews and palest ales? Do you like food? If so, then Wicked Barley is the oasis that your mouth has been wishing for, walking into the complete barren wasteland that is your life. Wicked Barley is located in Jacksonville, Florida, nestled on the banks of Good Beast Creek. Wicked Barley aims to provide its guests with a wicked experience, offering over 18 house-brewed beers, ciders, and meats on tap. They also have an expansive gastropub-style food menu, including burgers, salads, sandwiches, and more. Whether you are a newcomer or a craft beer connoisseur, there's a little something for everyone at Wicked Barley. Visit them at 4100 Bay Meadows Drive and tell them Bottom of the Bill sent you. I'm curious as to like, what are what what are some like deal structures that you feel work like? What are your favorite like like deals to work out basically? Like, what what do you like to see that they almost ensure is a good night for everybody? I mean, you just. Honestly, dude, like a fair number and then a fair back end, you yeah. know, like a, like a back end deal. Like after expenses are covered, you get paid this much money. I cover expenses and then you get 70% of that right. after all that's done. Right. Um, those are usually my favorite deals. Obviously, paying back end is 
a, it's the promoter's dream because that means the show is doing fucking great. Right. Right. When you're able to pay a band more money than you promised them, that's fucking awesome. Like yeah. that's that means it was a success, right? Everybody's winning. You get to pay staff. You get to pay the venue. Everybody's winning. And right? that's and for people to, that that's like a that's a guarantee plus, uh, you know, uh, percentage of the sales after the expenses are, are right. paid. Okay. Right. So yeah, you, you, you know, you'd pay out. Sometimes you just do a door split. So you just be like, hey, you know, you guys are gonna get. 80% after I cover my expenses at the venue. My expenses are 500 bucks. After that 500 bucks, you're getting 80% and then I'm getting 20. But that's you know, it's a lot of times you you do a guarantee. You're going to get 500 bucks. I'm going to pay everything I need to pay. And then after all that's done, you're going to make 70% after that. Right. So, and it's a win-win. You know, it's a win-win for everyone that way. Um those are my favorite to be honest, just cut and dry. Um, I, I don't like to get complicated on deals. There's there's some deals that get really complicated, like versus deals and shit. I'm like, I don't want to fuck with all that. Like, let's keep it simple. Let's not try to get like fucking, you know, Albert Einstein about these fucking numbers and shit, which some people try to do. Bro, some of these contracts <sighs> I've got sent from talent buyers at like not even like crazy venues are just like I need to have a law degree to look through this yes. and like figure out what this I means. I hate it. I hate it. I've literally gone to like other agents and been like, hey man. What does this mean? What does this mean? Yeah. And they're just yeah. like, okay, so this means this, this, and this. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, like, especially it's like when it's a newer venue and like, like, you know, or whatever, like, or we're, we're a band that's like not even like that, like that well known where it's just like, okay, you know, that doesn't need, like, you could just offer us like this amount with a back end or just a door split and we would have been fine with that. But you want to factor in all these other things here. It gets weird. I'm just yeah. like, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about anymore. Like, literally. <laughs> and, and I kind of feel like it's done by design sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well it is, man. It's like what they, it's, it's the same shit, uh, not to get political. It's the same shit they do with those, like when they're passing a bill through the Senate or something. Yeah. Yes. It's like we're talking yes. about one fucking thing here and you got to make a thousand pages and factor in all this other bullshit. that's completely unrelated. It's that's literally how some of these contracts, when I get them, look i mean obviously not a thousand pages it's usually like one or two pages but it's like the way that it's just all laid out i'm like what is this okay what is this what is this i'm just it, it, it's, we, don't, we don't need any of this shit you're like it, you, you know look when you get into like coliseum shit i get it it's yeah but come on now yeah if a man's like like you don't even agree you don't, you don't even have a green room what are we talking about <laughs> yeah that was a cap and under doesn't need to get that sophisticated exactly it just doesn't i mean you know Whatever. I, I, that's how I feel. I think it's shit's corny as fuck. And for people that don't know, there's all kinds of weird shit. There's ticketing fees. There's like, oh, there's, there's so food, much. There's food buyouts. There's like parking all, fees, parking fees, box office fees. Like, yeah, all kinds of weird shit that they start getting into where you're just like, what are we? We're a band that has like not that big of a following and you're a venue that nobody knows about. And we're playing in a market that no one's even heard of before. You don't even again. You don't even have a green room. What are we talking about here? You, you know what I'm not a fan of. I can tell you. What's I'll, that? I'll be honest. I hate doing hotel rooms and shit like that. Really? I hate it. You hate Unless it? it's like a fly-in thing specifically, that's different. You, you know, there's there's the situations where I get it, but usually for the most part, like if a band's on tour or artist is on tour, I'm not fucking with your hotel rooms, dude. Do your own hotel room. Yeah. That's, that's not part of my thing. It's like you're, you're. I'm paying you for a performance, not anything else beyond that and you know again that's not when you're doing festivals and flying people in or shit that's different of course it's different but for the most part like when people are just on tour and like they're gonna be passing through and you know they're gonna need eight hotel rooms i'm like eight hotel rooms. oh yeah 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 i've seen that 
I've seen that. No there's, there's a, there's, there's a contract or not a contract, uh, email that I had with the offer. And that's, was the basic hospitality is, you know, they, they're going to need eight rooms. And of course they're going to, you're going to say, no, we're going to do half that. And they're like, okay. But I'm like, no, we're going to do none of that. If they're on tour, they're on tour. That has nothing to do with me. Like where, like how they're doing that, you know, do, do, typically you give them a buyout on that though. Right. I mean, if, if you're not going to factor, if you don't, uh, if you don't want to offer us a service, we can tag on an extra so and so into the guarantee. If if, you if need it's hotels. warranted for for me to facilitate a place to say yes, I'd rather just do it as a buyout and you guys figure it out. Because yeah, we've had that happen a couple times uh, where it was just like, why don't I just all right, guys, why don't I just give you a buyout in the room and we're saying, okay, or oh, I'm just like, okay, yeah, we can do that and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, also if like if you're playing like a room that's at like I don't know a 300 cap, it's like. If you if you need eight rooms, you got too many people in your crew. Yeah, there's too much already. Yep, you're right. You know what I mean? Like bring a it's merch. Like Thirty-two per- people. If you sleep in two double beds. Yeah, like what? What do you, <laughs> if you're playing? If you're if you're playing three hundred cap rooms consistently. I mean, look if you if you're hitting a three hundred cap room and you're typically playing like a thousand, you know, cap plus or whatever, and you're just hitting a three hundred cap room on a Wednesday night in a, in a weird market, then whatever. But like, if you're consistently playing three hundred cap rooms and not even selling them out, and you're asking for like eight hotel rooms or something, <laughs> or really more than like one. Then you got too many fucking people with you. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I think if you're on tour, you're on tour. That has nothing to do with. Yeah. You you figure out where you're staying. Yeah. That's not part of my deal with you. Or factor last- that into your yeah factor that into your ask for the night or something. You know, like just figure it out. You know. Yeah. They yeah. ask you like to book the hotel and everything. Oh yeah, sometimes yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, sometimes they'll no, do that. That happens a uh, that no, when we were ro- when we were ro- rock and Jake band. Like that was always the case. Just give you a voucher or something like that. No, no, they they're he, gonna be like, you're staying at this hotel. What if you don't want to stay at that hotel? No, no, the the, the like whenever we played somewhere, the hotels were like almost. Sometimes they weren't. We'd like find somewhere to stay, but like it How was many always factored. They give you? Two rooms. No kidding. Yeah. Everybody gets a bed. Yep. How cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't mess with hotel rooms. Maybe it's because of the community I come from, but I don't, I'm not a. I think that's weird. I'm like, um, I'm not doing hotel rooms, guys. Yeah. We'll I do s- a rider. Like, we'll get, you know, like, you get buyouts and, you know, some snacks and stuff. I hate big riders, too, dude. That shit's weird to me. Oh, yeah. The riders that I that's always thought was me. weird was that they'll put furniture on riders. Yeah. Like they'll put Sometimes like, they do. Oh, we need, like, fucking three sofas. You're like, yep. what? What's the craziest rider you've ever gotten? Or just, like, one item on a rider? Oh, Jesus. The one that Jason had for freaking, uh, yeah. God, who was it? The uh, blackout Jason, of the of the Jason Falcon from, Islands. Uh, oh god! Yeah, Man, it's on the tip of my that? tongue. Yeah, uh, it starts with an A, I think. Astronautalist. Thank you. It was astronautalist. Now, obviously, it was fucking joke, but it was no, like I know. it was like uh, there was a he grappling wanted. Hug. That's my favorite part. Oh, a grappling hook. I need. A oh my god, a grappling hook. That's right. Shit. Because I need to get up places quickly. Shout out to Jason Honeycutt. But that was a good one. Um, I don't know, man. Like I've had. Um, porn actually I'm like not fucking getting your porn that's fucking stupid <laughs> you know what I mean like that's um, hilarious I've had batteries which that's not that crazy but batteries? it's like batteries just get your own fucking batteries dude like come on I understand if you need batteries and there's a runner and we need to go out to get your batteries because your shit's dying but like sometimes it's just on the rider as a thing uh, boxers is, is on a lot of yeah, riders yeah Kara from uh, Blue Jay listening room shout out to Blue Jay uh, she's talking about how somebody asked for like like underwear, like, like yeah, tidy whiteies yeah. underwear. That's, that's sometimes boxers are on there. I haven't seen tidy whiteies though, but yeah, I've seen boxers on. And I was like, "Is this a joke?" And then I'm like, "Oh no, I've seen it a few times. This is fucking weird." Well, that's why, that, why would they want underwear? T-shirts? 
They want fresh. They just throw it away and they don't have they to. Need, oh, that's so wasteful. Uh, next question. Uh, how much of that do you think is actually serious versus how much they just want to see if you read the contract? So I think like so, so stuff like with the boxers and shit. Yeah. Um, I think those are usually legit. Like they just kind of depends on the artist. A lot of people I deal with don't put that shit on there, but I have seen. But I think it's it's and it makes sense honestly if you think about it. It's like okay, look, you, you know, you go to a different show and you get a different pack, so you're kind of always fresh. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about keeping them on tour with you. Doing laundry. You don't have to worry about the yeah. laundry. So so yeah. So so I kind of like almost get that, me. but at the same time, <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like, and again, maybe if you're talking about bigger shit, you know, things you're getting into the more than thousand cap rooms, it's a little different. But um. You know, like I've seen some writers to where a lot of it isn't the artist; it's just the agent, and it's kind of like the shit's just on there. But like you talk to the when when the artist advances with you, they're like we don't want any of that shit. Give us a bag of chips, some water, some beer, and buyouts. Yeah, We'd have the cash. Totally, those are my favorite. I'm like, why wouldn't you want that? Oh. And then you know, I get like if you're on a bus, you could stock up, so you might not need cases of water every stop. So yeah. you're just like, yo, just give me a buyout. And we're good, you know. Obviously, you you know you, you're you're gonna get drinks. Everybody wants drinks. That's that's normal. A buyout for the rider, like you'd be like, here's what we promised you. We're just gonna give you the cash. Yeah. Instead. So yeah. so your hospitality budget is four hundred bucks. That's my rider. My ride my rider is three hundred dollars. So, <laughs> cash. That's what so I need. That's. I would be like, that Everywhere is cool. That is so much better than you asking <laughs> me to go get you shit. Because yeah. the thing. As Max much out as that ATM and give that to me. Listen, yeah. I love going to Publix. I know it's a weird thing. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion also. Holy shit, I got a lot of but yeah. I I literally will go to Publix like once every other day. It's a weird thing, I know, but I do it. But I don't like going to shop for other people there. Yeah. And when I have to go for bands, I'm like, fuck, man. Now I got to like take my time out of my day to go shopping and get this beer. I don't know what kind of beer they really want. I don't really drink beer, so I don't know what they mean by a local IPA. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. So I have to grab some shit, hoping that they like it. And it's just a weird thing. Grab a bag of chips. Chips could be anything, you know. What if I get a bag of chips that they literally don't like? Yeah, you know. And sometimes it's really there's there's not a distinction on it. Um, sometimes I get shit like that, and it's a surprise. They're like, "Oh, cool, thanks, we appreciate you getting that. We didn't even realize it was on our rider." Yeah. Um, but usually, an artist will advance and go, "This is the stuff we'll need. We don't need all that shit. We cut all that out. You know, it will take up a hundred dollars of the rider, and then you give us the rest of the three hundred dollars in cash." Yeah. And Yes, that's easier. Let's do that. I'm cool with that. I'll I'll but always take a buyout. Always. Buyouts always win. And here's the thing, right? Some some of the hospitality budgets are put in there with with bigger acts as part of the guarantee. It's separate from the guarantee, but that's another way for them to make more money. Yeah. Like they're asking for five hundred dollars in hospitality. They know they're not going to use it, and they're going to get there, and they're making an extra five hundred bucks every night. So something similar to that that I, I actually just this is something I, I just learned about uh, because we just, you know, uh, released an album and there was all these things that we were talking about. And I figured out uh, also another reason why you should be self-managing until you don't have to. Uh, I figured out that you can factor in a marketing budget into your guarantee as well as a band or you can work that into the deal where the venue or promoter pays a certain amount in marketing uh mm -hmm. Uh, you know, fees as well. 
So have you seen where bands have like asked you like, hey, so we need, you know, this amount, we need like a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars guaranteed. We need a hospitality buyout and then we need, you know, another five hundred dollars for marketing. Have you seen where they haven't used that money for marketing and just like showed up and just pocketed the money? So not so much with the marketing um, because they'll say. Because it's more on the promoter's end to put that in the expense list on my, on my like, a, as far as the deals I go. And there's so many different types of deals. Yeah, but As no. far as the deals that I, I do, usually I'm like, all right, it will be $100 in advertising. Sometimes they'll be like, all right, well, we need an advertising pack. And you got to send them the, the proof of all that shit. What is that? Um, is that like flyers and like yeah, you know, you, pro- you, promo so, material? Yeah, so receipts, you know, uh, Facebook ads, you know. But, I mean, it's... Not usually. I mean, there's some artists. There, there's some artists that you book. Like there, there's like YouTube artists. It's kind of common with where they tell you, "Look, all I need you to do is get us the room, and put the tickets on sale. Give us the link, and we will do the rest." And sure enough, fucking show sells out, and you're like, "What the fuck? I didn't really? do anything." Those are the best kind of shows. Yeah, you're just those like, yeah. are the best. You look like like <laughs> so weight was lifted off your shoulders. Yes, when you said yes, that. those are so good. Except for when you get their day show, and there's all these different VIPs that you have to figure out, and they still don't have it figured out, and they have like twelve different VIPs. What do you mean things. VIPs? Like there's like so there's like a meet and greet before, but you don't have a ticket. Then there's a meet and greet before, but you have a ticket, or there's an early entry. But no meet and greet, so you get in before, but not for the meet and greet. And they don't fill you in on this. Fucking weird. And and what's crazy is they usually don't have the right answers either. You have to figure it out together with the tour manager, and it's it seems to always be like that. Then you have to have all these different wristbands, and I get it though. It's it's kind of a weird thing. It's an easy way to make money. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of VIP stuff like charging because here's the thing, right? It's not mandatory, right? So if you're offering like a meet and greet with the band for 50 bucks and nobody does it no harm no foul right right but if you're doing that and 100 people want to do it well then why the fuck not the people are paying the 50 bucks they want to do it oh do people not do it have you noticed have you seen artists well, not yeah, do there's it there's sometimes where, where we have um vips that that nobody shows up for or nobody's paid for but they probably kill it in another market you know so well, just because they don't show up in one market doesn't mean they do others you well know? Have, have you seen have you seen the uh the artists not follow through with the vip tickets though like, like, like if, mm. if people buy them and they then the artists are just the like, nah, fuck there. this, I'm out. Big time. Yeah. So I've seen people be really shitty. Um, there's some artists that are fucking great with the VIPs. Like, they'll, you know, like they make it count. Cold came through the other day. Tim Hall did Cold, they came, who's a Jacksonville band. And they came through um, Underbelly. And they had a VIP. They had like, you know, a handful of people, maybe like 20 people or so. They came through, met the whole band, got everything, you know, handshakes and pictures and chatted up with the bands and the bands were fucking great. You know, you kind of watch the interaction and I've done a lot of meet and greet stuff in, in, in uh, w- one part of my world that I live in, um, festivals. And so you see how artists interact. Sometimes they're not very cool. Sometimes John five, John five, you have to cut off. You're like, yo, dude. I, I have an artist after you, dude. I, I need you to stop being so nice to these people. Like, yeah, we got to get it. But, we gotta go. <laughs> but um, you know, Cold was great, man. They, they took a picture, you know, like a, with like a handful of people at a time, you know, to, for, for time's sake. They were fucking great, man. Like those people left there going, that was worth every, I don't know how much they paid, but they, it was worth every penny to them. You know, they got their laminate, they got a poster, they got signatures, handshakes, pictures, and it was well worth it because you could tell the way the bands were treating them. 
they cared and it was cool to see that you know especially a jacksonville band you know you you want you want jacksonville bands to be cool yeah totally um but then i've seen others where fuck it uh, little pump dude little pump did fucking <laughs> he did meet and greets showed up fucking late as shit for a show played an 18 minute set <laughs> and sat there while people were how we paid however much for that meet and greet and didn't interact with the people at all and was just kind of like he was probably all fucked up i don't know but he was just like what the fuck was that about dude? like <laughs> people paid to meet you bro like make it count give people, them something people also paid to see your show you played for 18 minutes. 18 minutes bro that was the that was a set he did an intro and then an 18 minute set that was it little pump he's a hip-hop artist he's a hip-hop artist a couple of weeks later to put it in perspective maybe a couple of months it was probably a couple of months after that show that was at 1904 after that was a show was a shit show by the way yeah but uh he was on Saturday Night Live with fucking Kanye West. So, yeah. yeah, I don't. I so don't, he's he's winning, you know. Whatever, it's fucking good for him, I guess. But I don't get. That's why, I like the the hip hop market is or the hip hop scene rather is just a weird one because like I don't really fully understand how it operates. It's like it seems like you're always paying to play, and then just one day you're famous, and then boom. Yeah, I don't get it, but it's it's like that. It's a wild. scene, It's cool man. being on the side where it's successful. You know, I'm sure like that's awesome. Totally. I mean, there's there's some fucking artists that come through that are fucking great with their fans, man. Like they'll like hang out, and it's, it's again same thing. I'm like, guys, man, we, we need to clean up and get out of the because the, they'll, they'll do a lot of times meet and greets uh, for hip hop shows or after the show, which is cool, you know. But sometimes they kind of stay late because they're they're meeting all their fans. But they're you know some of the fucking guys are fucking rad, dude. Puya. Kind of a bigger artist from down south. Um, him and his crew, they're fucking awesome with the fans, man. Like, they're awesome. Like, I don't know dudes personally, but I can tell you I saw them interact with their fans and the meet and greets, and they were, like, humble as could be about it. And they were, like, thankful and they appreciative. They do it just at a sold-out room. They could be cocky and, you know, whatever, but they sure as fuck weren't, you know, when I've seen them. And I've seen them do it a couple of times. They're, like, thankful for everybody that comes up. Get get a, No, get a better picture than that one, you know? Take another one. All right, let's get this again. You know what I mean? Like, what, kind of of, going, uh, what kind of hip-hop was it? Uh, it's, it's like, well, for lack of a better term, I don't know the exact terminology for it, but it's SoundCloud rappers. Okay, it's like mumble rappers, like uh, pop rap. Yeah, rap. yeah, like mumble rap stuff, I guess. Okay. But they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty big in their genre, for sure. Because so um, I was going to say, like, it, 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 I feel like... I feel like in a, in a in a scene where it's more, uh, you know, you've been grinding it out for years type thing that you might have more appreciation for the fans. But if you're a mumble rapper, you probably haven't been grinding it out for years. You've pr it's probably like more like a relatively it's new thing. Right. So they just might be Quick. cool people then, you know? Yeah. And, and well, you know, I, I know the first time we worked with them was at Underbelly. It was um, November. It was right after Cameron sold it. Um, Cameron, shout out to Cameron. He was awesome. The former owner of Underbelly. Um rad dude but he, he sold underbelly and then when the new guy took over um one of the first shows we had was puya opening for flatbush zombies and fuck man who was it there's another hip-hop group you wouldn't know Sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was another group that's actually doing pretty hot right now too and it's 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 uh fuck underachievers okay they're pretty dope um but yeah, Puya showed up, and I was like, I didn't know who they were. They were like the opening act, and they fucking crushed it, and people knew who they were. I'm like, all right, well, nice. You can't know everything, especially nowadays, man. There's, so there's shows, shit. shows will sell out, and I'll be like, I don't know who this is at all. I don't have no clue who this is. I've never heard of this artist ever, and yet they just sold out a fucking show. 
I see that. Awesome. I see Eric Coffin posting pictures all the time, of, like sold out shows at 1904, and, and like I'm just like I've never heard of this band. I mean, to be fair, I'm not a promoter, so I don't work in a bunch of different scenes. Right. But like I get so like in into what's happening in this world that I like forget that there's like you know there's like an indie scene, there's a hip hop scene, there's like a you know, there's a reggae scene. There's all these different scenes where people are like crushing it. You know, the, and markets that do really well here, like reggae and indie uh, music, seem to do really well in Jacksonville. I just didn't even realize that that was like a huge thing here. But like, apparently, reggae shows are selling out. For, according to Tim Hall, and indie shows are selling out. Jason told me that uh, the, this indie band they had there the other night, Underbelly, was like sold out. Yeah, and it was TV like, Girl. Yes, it was. Sold yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. Sold out. So. I never, I've never heard of them. I feel Listen, bad. I got to be honest, and they were awesome. Right? They were like cool people they came in super easy to work with had their shit together sounded amazing super great to work with really down to earth um no one i knew except for one person mickey shout out to mickey do you guys know mickey i don't think so she's great she's fucking phenomenal music nerd just like me but uh she's she's like i love this band but no one i know knows them and i'm like it's funny because you're the only person i know that knows them and here you are and and not only did they sell it out but they sold it out Originally, it was at Underbelly, and it had to be, or uh, 1904, it had to be moved to Underbelly. That's what Jason said, yeah. They were moving, they, they were playing in hell in Atlanta, and after a month of being on sale, got moved to heaven. Um, tickets have been in sale for a couple of months now, and they were moving up in venues where they were able to do so. They can't do it in every market, because it's not exactly easy just to move a show. Right. Um, but they were moving up to bigger venues in a lot of markets where they were able to, and um, yeah, I mean... I don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah. I do now. I, I feel bad. Yeah, I really didn't. Flip Turn was another one that I, I didn't even know who they were. And then I was like, they're from Fernandina. They're from fucking yeah. here. Flip Turn's like, from here it. blowing the fuck up. I know. I'm so jealous of the tour. Get them on the I'm podcast. so happy yeah, for Yeah, great band, though. Yeah. Great band. I did ask them, actually, and they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. No. No, they big-timed you a little bit. <laughs> no, they didn't. They're busy. Right. They're touring the country. We'll, we'll revisit this I think moment. they got management and agent now, too. Yeah. Because I don't think they're booking themselves anymore, either. I don't think so. Maybe we out to their manager or something. Yeah. We'll figure it out. But they are. This is what I do. They are great band you have you have you seen them no i haven't got to see so they are like a modern day version of the talking heads okay cool and they don't sound like the talking heads they just got that vibe they're very different um the singer's kind of quirky great they're awesome musicians good band really really good band very unique band and they are blowing the fuck up, man. It's yeah, awesome. It's I've seen, awesome. Their, I've I seen their touring schedule it's pretty pretty bad yeah, jacksonville's got some cool shit man the dog apollo great oh. Great band, uh, Phase Wave. Phase Wave, I've heard of them. Intervention, before. Intervention, holy shit, Intervention, Glazed, Side Hustle. Side Hustle is yeah. amazing. I mean, we know that. That's already a thing. No one else knows it apparently. Greenhouse though, Lounge. So. Greenhouse oh, Lounge. Greenhouse yeah. Lounge. I saw, I saw Greenhouse Lounge for the first time the other night. You Went know? at Underbelly. Yeah, that was my first time. Did you like it? Fuck <laughs> yeah, it was I was good? fucking blown away, dude. All right, cool. Absolutely blown away. I was like, this is fucking. Re-. And Steven, a lot of rock star ass. Oh, it's, I know. The ener- that, well, that's what I loved about it. It was like so fun to watch you guys play like it was so much fun it was like holy shit but side hustle was fucking i was like holy shit too like so jacksonville's talented man jacksonville's got some real talent uh shout out to rhythm of fear never heard they're, of who's that they're, they're a thrash band from jacksonville oh yeah. nice you should check them out because they're fucking amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> billy's never even heard of thrash know. music before i don't know what that means no i manage those dudes Is they're fucking like great 
Oh, you manage them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, They're cool. They're great. Great band. Um, well, how do you great dudes. wear all these hats and I like fucking stay know. Sane, I got a really man. big head too, so. <laughs> I know. It's like you're manage. So is this the only band that you manage, or or um, manage other bands? Well, yeah. I was I was I was working with this one band in New York, but they kind of took a breather for a while, and they just kind of recently came back. Um. And they're at, they actually just made a new album that's fucking amazing. This band, Restless Spirit. But um, that's kind of been a slow burn right now because it got really busy with Rhythm of Fear. And then they kind of took a break while things were getting really busy with them. And so I haven't really done so. And then the pandemic shit fucked right. up everything. But I don't know, man. I try to be a good dad. You know, I try to balance out to, to make sure, like, um, my kid likes me, which she does. She's 14, which is fucking, I'm thinking a win. You know, I try to be a good dog dad, my pup, you know, Migo, and I just try to get good shows, man. Try to try to keep rooms booked. And This is your full-time gig? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. yeah. So I love to hear. Yeah. Um, so a few more questions for you before, uh, before we get to unpopular opinions. Uh, what are some uh, things, some creative things that either you've done or you've seen bands do to get people out to shows when it's their first time playing in a market, promotional-wise or other, you know? Hmm. Creative things. That's a that's a deep one. <laughs> Damn. So, somebody was telling Dead me one era, time man. when so I forgot which band it was. Uh, it may have been Tim Hall, but I don't remember. Uh, when somebody was releasing an album, they started like kind of putting like these Easter eggs around this around their city, and like like with like stuff from the new new, oh, that's new album. Cool. I haven't heard of that. That's and, really like, cool. And then when people saw it come out, I was like, oh, that's what I've been seeing. Shit like that. Um, I forget which band it was. I forget. That's uh, yeah. No, I haven't heard of that. That's that's freaking great. So I'm curious if you've seen bands kind of taking initiative, or if you've if you've done like like done things like that as a promoter to ensure you know a successful show. However, nothing, that may nothing look. creative that cool. That's fucking great. I mean, just you know, maybe just, just really just getting more active and pushing it harder, and just making sure like you're focused on it. But nothing fun. Nothing exciting. I don't have a good answer for that. That sucks. Mm. What a can we cut this part? Yeah, can we cut? No. <laughs> this is no. boring answer. Sopranos. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, I've, I've that's, actually. That's a tough one. I've asked a lot of uh, promoters that question, and it's usually the same things. I just, I just don't think. I, I think that promoters. I mean, you guys have so many shows on your plates. It's like hard to like pick like one thing and be like, "This is the one that I'm gonna like." Right. Go yeah. the extra mile for you know. It's like, so I mean, I, I don't ever really. I'm just curious if, if you've ever like you know. Maybe in your earlier years or like when you were, you know, when you had more time to like think about one show, if there's ever any any kind of thing. Because I think it's fun. Like, you know, for me as, a, as an artist, like I'm not uh, a promoter, right? Like I play music, but like there's an aspect of it that I have to, you know, uh, that I have to embrace because it's a part of my job. Mm -hmm. And the only way for me to embrace it and to, and to get excited about it is to make it creative. So I have to think about it in a way that's going to make it exciting for me. And that's kind of like the way that I think about promotion and marketing and, you know, whatever, like business in general, structuring deals uh, to get creative with that, too. I just want to it's just it's got to be fun for me. So I just always yeah. ask, you know, the whoever. I, I mean, kind of going back to, to I guess, for, for me, probably what it is, is, is really just trying to create a, a killer lineup like like people going, damn, that's going to be a fucking cool show and I cannot miss it. You know, you kind of make it, you try to make it an event like that. You can't make every single one like that because there's just not enough to go around. But, right. you know, you really try to hit it home with the with the lineups. You know, you get the, the locals that are going to match up with the tour package and you just kind of 
compliment at all. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I guess I've seen some people do the um, the 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 thing online where you could ha- hire someone to promote your event for you or wish yeah. you happy birthday if or whatever. Influencers are like, oh yeah, if you do yeah, things yeah, like that, yeah. you can buy. I, I guess yeah. I've seen that before, you know, but I've never done that. Um, Oh, that's an interesting tool. Going on one of those like those celebrities well, yeah, what uh, the hell is it called? apps it's or whatever, where they like wish you a happy birthday. It's like shout out yeah. is what it's called or something. Like yes, that. something like that. I know what you're talking it's, about. And instead, just like pay them to say, "Hey, uh, side hustle is going to be in your uh, city on so and so." With Dan Marino, that's why he sold all those cars in Miami. Yeah, but Dan Marino is <laughs> it's, it's a very right. similar thing. Yeah, it's, it's simi- yeah, but like this is going to be way cheaper. Yeah. It's, is this cheaper? More relevant. You could probably still get Dan Marino. And, and then <laughs> you, you could. Get, oh, I'm sure he's probably on there. Yeah, the he's probably on there. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, people make money off of that. What, I can't remember the fucking app. Everybody's that's going to watch or listen is going to be like oh, dumbasses. It's called this. My girlfriend um, and, her, and a few of her, uh, or Chelsea and a few of her friends got uh, her brother. Uh, a happy birthday from Gilbert Gottfried. See, yeah, like, he's a big one on there. He's a big one. Yeah, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row apparently does crazy shit. Like, has like uh, so stuff in the background and just goes crazy on stuff. Yeah, but but yeah, like so, a, a thrash band could go on and get the dude from Exodus and Slayer. Oh, I know to name. do a shout out. You know what I mean? Like cameo. That's it. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, <laughs> that's perfect. I'm glad you did because it was driving me nuts. But I wonder if cameos on cameo. Word up. If not, there's something there. But um, something, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, reach out to his people. I don't know. I mean, like I know, like you guys, you you, you know, you definitely had a, a crazy merch spread that was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you get creative with merch and shit like that as as a band. Yeah. Um, as a promoter, man, I haven't I haven't done anything that creative. I'm sorry, I'm no, slacking not, in that. Not at all. I'm just no. Not, now I feel challenged. <laughs> no, it's just uh, it's just it's just what I'm just always uh, we don't know curious. Either, so don't feel bad. It's a good question. Always, it's a good question. I'm always just trying to figure out, you know, like how people operate in their positions because I have to wear those hats at times myself. So I'm just trying to like get the, the you know, information. You I was know? in L.A. with my friends Cameron and Lisa. Shout out to them. They're amazing people, by the way. Cameron does a a lot of work, video work um, with a lot of big bands. But a lot of big metal bands and hardcore bands, and Lisa is uh, killing it. Makeup artist in LA right now. Hell yeah, works for Trixie. But um, when we were out there, I, I helped them move out there recently, and about a year, year or so ago, and you know, Stevo from from Jackass had something coming out, and he taped himself to a uh, to one of those freaking highway signs. Yeah, he so th- there's that. Just taped himself. Oh uh, yeah, he was duct taped to to one of those big old billboards. <laughs> like his physical person, his physical person was taped up to a billboard. That's what we needed. We do. missed it. We missed it. By the time we got there, he was he was because you know LA traffic, but um, he was taped to a billboard and it was a big thing and it, and it was all over the place and wow. So that was a cool promotion too. I don't always promote it at the time, but he was promoting some. Maybe but you should do that for some of your bands. I'm thinking, man, but I don't know. I'm kind of a hairy dude, and duct tape would hurt. Oh, definitely get off. their opinion. <laughs> definitely get their get their attention though for sure. It would. It would. <laughs> Um, and then my, my last question, uh, and if Billy has anything, feel free to ask at some point, Bill. All right. Um, but, I've just uh, been listening. It's been nice. Do you have any advice to give bands or uh, aspiring promoters, just you know, do's and don'ts uh, when you're getting started or trying to enter new markets or whatever it might be? Um, do's and don'ts. Don'ts. Um, just don't. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Just go find something better. Become a doctor. That's so a lawyer or something. <laughs> fucking true. Oh, my God. And no, Literally fuck um, this career. Well, you know, like for, for artists, I could tell you it's okay to be persistent. It's, you know, it's okay to send multiple emails because 
you can't always answer emails. You know, you, you forget. They get caught up in the email thing. So it's, that's not too bad. Just But don't be an asshole, you know. Um, be reasonable. What's when, when we, like the guarantees we're, we were asking about. Don't try to st- oversell yourself because then you're bullshitting. Then I'm like, why do I want to work with someone who's bullshitting? How many emails is is uh, being an asshole? Because I, I actually need to know because I can be an asshole. <laughs> it depends on how, how much you need something. So if you're like sending me something for April of next year and you're not someone who's really kind of big in the market, like do I really want to book your band that far out and take a date up on a calendar of something that might come in that might be bigger? Of course. No offense to you guys, but I'm looking out for myself and for the, the community as a whole and – you know, there might be a, a bigger thing that comes through. Why would I book out a, a, a young band that far out? That's kind of weird. I get you have to book far out. I, I do get that in some sense. But at the same time, just be patient, right? doesn't mean that you're being ignored. Just kind of, listen, I'm not there yet on my calendar, so I'm not going to answer you yet. So if you're doing that, like, hitting me up a week, at, like, you know, weekly on that. I'm kind of like, that's kind of annoying. Cause I'm like, yo, it's far out, you know, but if something's coming up and you really need a date and you're hitting me up a week at a time and something like it's two months out, three months out, it's a little different. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. Um, so I, I think that's a fair, fair timing. And you, you know, it's, it's okay to kind of say, Hey, I'm not trying to bother you. Just, you know, dropping a, a reminder here, seeing if you got my thing. And I try to reply to everybody. It's impossible. Some people you honestly don't want to reply to because you don't have anything to say, so to speak. Um, sometimes you just don't know what to do with it yet. You're like, God, I don't know what to do with it yet. But you don't want to say that because you don't want to lose it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and then you forget about it because that happens. Oh, totally. Um, and that has nothing to do with anybody personal. It's just me being old. Um, or, just, or just a lot on your plate. I, I, I forget about emails all the time that come in, so I feel you, man. Yeah, it's it's – you know, just just a fair amount. Like, if you think you're being annoying, you probably are being annoying. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. But um, I don't know, man. Like, just know what you're in for. You know, don't don't expect the world from a venue or a promoter. Um, And the same as promoter in a band. Like, I mean, if you're a promoter, don't expect every band to come and kill it. And then, you know, not every band is going to come and crush a market. And just it's okay to, to work and build with a new band. Just Just know that you're doing that, you know, and – and give the band credit for the, for doing what they're doing, and especially if they're on a, a pretty extensive tour, um, you know, try to get there at load in. That's kind of cool. That helps people like Eric, you know, sound I, guys. I love that uh, um, when a promoter's there at load in. Uh, I know it's not always ideal or or like necessary, but just for me, it's like it, it's just it's a nice surprise. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a nice feeling. I try to be there. I'm not always there. However, somebody is always there. So like yeah. if someone. Blackberry smoke or Blackberry smoke, uh, Blacktop Mojo. The other night, um, when they got there, they got there at two thirty, and I was getting there around three ish. And the guy hit me up, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be there." But I was like, "Is everything cool?" You know, like, because um, I know Eric's there taking care of it. I don't really need to be there to help them load in, right? Or do a sound check because I'm not doing any of that shit. But I'm gonna be there and you know get you started and get everything you know make you feel good and get your rider stuff or whatever it is your buyouts ready you know for when you're there and just make you feel like you're about to have a good show you know like you know and communication's a thing you know if i'm not gonna make it to a show i just communicate with with an artist sometimes i'm not at shows but i i I have someone there representing me and it's communicated ahead of time um 
you know, we all have communication. We all have phones and, you know, email. If you communicate and you, you tell people, that's a big thing. Outside of, like, practice for, as a musician, communication is, like, God damn it. That's, like, number one, man. Yeah, it's, it's like, huge. It's huge. Especially between... Like 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 promoters and and talent buyers and everything. It's like when especially when when you're on the road, man, it gets so uh, complicated right. because you have like ten different threads going on, and you're like, okay, what's what's this show again? Where's this one at? How is this deal structured versus how this one's structured? Like the details get all so like jumbled, and then and then you know you know that's when a tour manager comes in. And yes, tour manager is very necessary also oh when you my get God. to a certain. However, you know, it's obviously an expense, so you can't always afford a tour manager. But it sucks as an artist if if you're not really in that frame of mind to have to worry about doing that shit. So that's why tour managers are great because, honestly, I'm more – I become friends with tour managers more than I do artists. Totally. Because that's who I work with. Yep. And that, that helps me because I communicate one person. Hey, guys, we're about to get doors. Can you make sure your guys have all their gear picked up off the floor because it's kind of scattered about – no problem, dude. I got it. I'll get everybody on it. And it's cool. You get a good tour manager. It's you and him, you know, you and her. It's right there, eye to eye. You don't have to worry about going to all the different bands. If a, if a band comes up to you and asks something, I don't know, man. Talk to your tour manager. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, can I put someone on a guest list? Go to your tour manager. He's tour manager's going to give it to me. You know, yeah. like that's, that's you know, some of the best people. Um, Can't wait to, to – I will take – the hit financially just to get it to our it's manager. Worth it. It's it, here's like, the thing: it's going to generate you more money. Yeah, believe it or not, it's going to. It sometimes it, spending money makes you more money. You have a good yeah. tour manager, you're going to have your merch taken care of because a lot of times tour manager can be the merch person or the sound person, so it's kind of you know doubles up. Um, but just having the organization of all that and the peace of mind of someone doing that and taking care of everything that they're supposed to be taking care of getting settled up at the end of the night and there's no surprises when you're going into a venue because a lot of times you don't advance with, with with the promoter you're coming in and you might not walk into what you think you're walking into you might not even have a show that happens you know with bands like um, it sucks but that, that happens you know um, but if you have someone that's invested in you and you're invested in them and they're able that's their role that's huge like that's that is so helpful for a band especially a young band that's that's trying to survive on the road it's just like you don't have to think about all this shit while you're like trying to perform and put on a show you know i can't tell you how many times i like get so distracted because i'm like walking up to a venue and i've got all these things like is this sound guy going to be here and then like okay what time are the, are the doors opening again because like this is like only one of like three or four spots we got on this run, so I'm just trying to remember exactly what the like what time the doors open, and then it's like okay, well, you know, uh, uh, when people start walking in the room, like how many people are actually in the room right now, and what what was it? Okay, was it seventy uh, percent of the door after expenses and this and that? Okay, so how many people are here? Like while I'm playing the show, how many people are in the room right now? Is there anyone at the merch table? Because I'm not because you know there's not a merch person there. If I'm like in the middle of a song or something and I see someone at the table, I'm like fuck, we're losing a sale. You know, all these things start to go through your mind, and you're like, how do I put on a show effectively right now? The answer is that you don't, and you need to outsource those things because you cannot be bothered with the the minutia of 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 that stuff you know that's, what i mean that's absolute facts that's absolute facts and y you know you really shouldn't have to worry about surprises 
getting to a venue and a good tour manager. So, you know, you're on the road 30 days. That's a, that's a lot. It's of, a long time. That's a lot man. of information. Yeah. Um, for for a band to juggle, and then you have to worry about who who am I settling up with at night? Because sometimes right. it's not the promoter. Sometimes it's a, a venue representative. Right. How are you getting paid? Are you getting paid in a check? Are you getting paid cash? Was the communication uh, there? Like, do, do they know exactly what the right? deal was? Do they was? know what they're paying you? Exactly. Because sometimes it's a promoter who decided not to show up, and the venue stuck with you, and they're not. They don't want to treat you bad, but they might not know what's going on. Right. And it might not even be their fault. And then now all of a sudden you're mad at the venue and the venue's mad at the bands. And, I and really it's just an asshole promoter who didn't show up. And I got to go digging through emails now to figure right. out like, exactly what so we agreed on. I'd be so fucking good at this job. It's like every single thing, like every bullet point is like, yes, hey, I would be amazing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a musician, but I could fucking do that without a fucking – I love look it. it. I had a post-it notes. Like the most fucking organized person ever. But th- th- this is exactly why it goes back to, again, like – self-managing and self-running the band is important up to a certain point. You do need representation at a certain, like, you know, like, yes. we, like we could definitely use representation now, but like the reason why I can really appreciate that representation and like what the thing actually is, is because I do it all right. And like, I couldn't sit here and if, if I had never done it, I'd be like, well, why would you hire someone to do that? I don't think that you could let somebody do it. Actually. I don't think you could let, like let, oh, no, no. let the control go. I'd 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 be on top of it for sure. But that's but, the whole point. Is no, no, no. To get Are you the band dad? Yeah. I'm the band leader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think that you could give that that responsibility away to somebody. Like, hey, not right away. Not right away. I'd definitely be asking them questions. But I think that's fair, though. I think that's no, fair. No, no, no. I'm just like, saying, like the what you were talking about. Like, hey, the, I'm, I'm thinking about all these things during the show. You would just be thinking about what the tour manager's doing, no, I, <laughs> right? You would you would be thinking about what the tour manager's doing, no, yeah. but at least you're, it's focused on the tour manager. Is the tour manager One doing thing. what they're supposed okay. to do? All right. Right. All right. But all right. here's the thing, right? You're out. You're out for three. Let's say you're out for three weeks to a, to a month. Yeah. And the first week ends up going smooth. Yeah. He's not thinking about it by the second week. Yeah. Exactly. And then the next tour around, you got the same tour manager, or you get someone a tour manager from a different tour that you were on that that was tour managing another band that you're working with and you know how they work at some point he's going to calm down on thinking exactly. on that stuff and that's, get it you know that's the point and it and as somebody yeah it would take a minute <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and it, because as and and you know as somebody who has to be like aware of all those details it's not just easy to relinquish that and say well you're going to take you're going to you're going to be as on top of this as I am uh, even though it's not really your bottom line is you're getting paid regardless, right? Like for me that 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 causes a bit of a of an, an uneasiness. Like if I know that I'm paying you regardless and then I'm putting all of this into your hands, I need to know that you're gonna actually take care of it. Yeah. Right. So it's like ab- like like you said, after like a couple of days or like a week of doing a good job, I would not even think about it anymore. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely be a little bit, you know, uneasy or maybe just asking the questions, just making sure that it's all getting yeah. handled, you know, you'd probably micromanage for a minute. Yeah. But that's with anything, you know, that, that's, that's with a, a drummer. Yeah. You, you're trying out a new drummer. Is he going to be able to hang on? Like kind of, you know, at first, but catches up as soon as it starts clicking. You're like, all right, good. I got it. Yeah. This I mean, look, it's, you know? and people have, and that's, that's like a, just a necessary thing. Like, like people have to earn the trust right you can't just like yes. put that in someone's hands but like, okay we're good that's how people get fucked over you know what i mean so it's like you know that so that's just yeah but you're right i would definitely be a little bit of, bit of a nervous wreck about it it's like a producer i would like oh did you guys have like an outside producers worked with you we did it all ourselves no yeah everything so uh so really it, mostly him here's the thing right outside producers we know are actually can be very beneficial 
Oh, 100%. but it's hard for band members to go. Who's this outside motherfucker coming in? You know, like that would be a hard one for me. But you got tool with what Sylvia Massey is like did tool whatever. Right. I mean, Sylvia Massey did fucking whoever. Like you get someone like that, and you're like, oh shit, that person just made our band better. That person brought out so much out of our band once we trusted that person. That would be a hard one to uh, relinquish the control to because the thing is that you won't really know until the end result. Yes. And that's yeah. the problem. It's like, well, we're not just going to have a couple of days of you proving your worth. Like, I need to see the record come out and I need to see that it actually, like, your, your uh, contribution worked. Right. And then that would be the proof of concept, right? And then, I would, then I'd feel comfortable the next time around maybe. But, like, you know, I get, I get like, when in the studio, man, uh, that's, that's like, you know, that's like where I don't let shit slip on the business side. I'm fucking, uh, I'm, I can be a little reckless sometimes and like not keep track of things the way that I need to. But in the studio, that shit's like, I'm like, no, no, this thing needs to be fucking lowered by like a half a decibel. And that needs to be panned just to that fucking side right there. Because if we don't have that fucking transition right there, it's going to ruin the whole fucking song, man. Uh, and that's but, the kind of shit where I get like. But if you have someone coming in going, you know what? What if we make it even a half? St-? And you're like, oh shit, I didn't even think of that. That's, that's. And then all of a sudden, someone like Eric comes in, you yeah. know, like doing doing your live sound, going, hey, listen, maybe if you turn your amps down a little bit, just, just go with me here. I, I, there's always bands like, oh shit, man, thank you so much. Totally. I didn't know that. Totally. And then Eric's like, yeah, dude, it's like just, you know, because Eric will try to help. And man, he's getting a lot of love on this podcast, Eric. Oh, you he deserves it. He's our fucking five boy, bucks man. Each, bro. He is our boy. Man. He is the best. But you know, so it's, it's it is hard to to let control over stuff like that go. But at the same time, sometimes it's it's way beneficial, um, for sure, and very helpful. And I'm that's good. It's good problems to have when you when you're having someone from the outside help. Because you're growing. Yeah. Oh, 100%, that's, that's man. A good, that's a good problems to have. It's definitely, and a producer is definitely something I'm, I've been considering for the next one. Uh, just to, again, man, he's like, you know, you want, you want to focus on, on on your performance. You want to focus, like in the studio. Yeah. You want to make sure you're giving the best take that you can give. Like, you want to make sure that you're getting the best sound that you can get. Like, you don't want to, like, you don't, like, when you're in the live room with headphones on, you don't always know that how that translates through the speaker. So it's like, rather than me putting my guitar down and saying, oh, let me go check it out real quick. Okay, I don't like that. Let me go tweak it. Let me come back again. It's like just having a producer in there, in there that knows what's going to sound good and, like, what's going to, you know, what you're going for as an artist. Right, right. That, that should just, you know, just, again, just delegating and, and letting you just focus on being the best musician and artist that you can be. You know, that's what the that's what the name of the game is. I think. Yeah, you know? I feel that. I agree. Um, all right, so uh, unpopular opinions. Unpopular yeah, opinions. Man. So this is a great episode. No, I love this it. Fun. Yeah. This is great. Very yeah. informative. I feel bad. I haven't really been talking much, but literally it's because I'm just listening the whole fucking time, which is rare for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Typically, Billy's like just interrupting and trying to make jokes, I, every little thing. No, but, I mean know. I have to. Otherwise, what's the point of living? So. I also want to say the VIP thing. Can I can I pay people to like not want to talk to me after a show? Would that Ooh, be a thing? Yeah. Is that like, like a most, VIP thing? Most people. I it would could say. be something new. That's the thing. Right. So VIP like just ignore the artist. Just seriously, just stay away. Hey, yeah, that's stay away. Every one of our shows. Well, it's no. such a thing like, because. <laughs> I understand that, but at the same time, like, man, like, what a humbling thing that people really are that moved by you that they cannot wait to talk to you when you just got done 100%. pouring your heart and, and art out to them, and they 
we're touched by it so much. There's yeah. Yeah, again of cliche course. as shit, but that's real shit. No, dude. it's true, man. Because music's art. Right? That's that's literally like that's the fun. greatest compliment that, and, and like nothing makes you feel better than like when people come up and say that your show or even if it's like a specific song or like if even better if they call out like a lyric you're just like oh, oh god yeah, damn that's man that's great when people are singing your lyrics right? or like call out like like a like like an inst- like, like a part like oh man that, that fucking keyboard lick man like that shit right there like, that's like fuck man you notice that that's like thank you so much like that's that's amazing uh i'm just also kind of antisocial and awkward so like uh and after a show i if i've like just left it all on the stage there's like not much left in me so like, i right. might just not i might not give you what you want in the moment and that's what i'm afraid of you know it's, it's right, an insecurity right. You know? And that, that's, you know, that's the thing with artists, too, man. I think a lot of artists get bad raps for being like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Like, that girl sucks. No, it's, it's, they're in their zone. Yeah. And sometimes that's like, it's so personal and passionate that it's hard for them to deal with, with, even though it's, it's, so to speak, your fans are family members almost. It's still outsiders. And it's really hard when you just opened up so much. To then open up face to face with someone who's thanking you and telling you that, you, you know, like, I mean, there's some bands like there's I'm not going to mention a name, but there's one band that, that we were doing artist signings for and they were getting envelope after envelope, just getting things given to them. People drawing things from giving them all things and they wouldn't open the envelopes. And I was like, man, you guys are just going to leave these here. Like kind of like I was kind of like offended. And the guy was like tour manager was like, listen, man, he's like they used to take every single thing and they would read every letter. It's like, but after so many suicide notes, it's really, really depressing, Jesus. and it's really hard on on an, a person to read those when you you know you're getting teenage girls and and I mean teenage boys like talking about how you save them from suicide. Yes, it's it's great to hear that, but after a while, it gets really depressing and it's hard to keep up with. I'm like, wow, like that's I never thought of it like that, and I can see that it's almost bad for your mental state. If it's something that's so ongoing and well, you're and taking on that 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 responsibility, yeah, you are, almost, and, and you know? you're not trying to. It's, and it's great that in within your your heart and your feelings, your emotions, you're helping someone else. Of course, that's great. You always want to help someone else, but that is it's a burden. Yeah, to take on and some people are especially artists, man. Artists, you, you know, sometimes are in very fragile places, and that's a very fragile thing to take on. Yeah, directly. totally, man. Totally. Yeah, that's always my issue with talking oh, shit, to people after shit. That got shows. depressing. I didn't mean to go there. Oh man. Well, Oof. also after a certain point, it's just like, yeah, we fucking get it. We saved your life. See you later. All right. Unpopular opinions. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what you got, Bill? Can we go first? Oh yeah. I wrote this one. It was stupid, but I'm gonna read it anyways. Um, 18th mid-century Baroque era music is far better than 17th century classical music, but not as digestible as early 19th century Romantic era music. That's deep. <laughs> that's deep. Yeah, it's for, that's for Holy sure unpopular. Shit. It was just a tongue-in-cheek about... It's for sure unpopular. <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck I you're know. talking that's about. That's just right. <laughs> it was just some, it's it's <laughs> tongue-in-cheek just making fun of people that are just... You know, this way up in the air about, oh, this music is better than this music. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, that's, the only, that's like the one thing that I grew up on was classical music and was classically trained piano and everything like that. So I feel like I could say that and sound really smart. And really, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That did. That's, well, I was like, damn. Definitely good at fooling people. I was like, I should be uh, dressed nicer right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too, but I got these mocks on, so what's up? Because you also mocks grew up with the country music, so, well, you know. Want to fight about it? Yeah. Shoot. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, my first unpopular opinion is that tribute bands are bad for business. Bad for oh. business? Which business? Uh, the bar, bar business? Not their business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so here's... Bi- he- bad business for, like, uh, uh, cougars? So I... <laughs> <laughs> So I have some friends. <laughs> this is, <laughs> and there it is. Mic yeah. drop. God I mean, damn. that's it for sure. Uh, no, so so you trying he- to tell me you can't pick up some fifty-year-old slack in uh, a Margaritaville cover band? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So here's my tribute. Uh, tribute, not cover. Tribute. Yeah, tribute. tribute. So it's here's my here's tribute. my reasoning. Okay. It's twenty twenty-one. I was having a conversation, and and this is not. Not a knock. I have uh, friends and family actually that are in tribute bands. Which ones? And I'm not knocking on the hustle. Do what you gotta do, hustle. right? You're you're like you, like this is a difficult industry. Gotta learn what's Disco tribute band? Is that a disco disco tribute band? Doop 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 doop. Sorry, dad jokes there. Uh, <laughs> my my kid's rolling her eyes right now. Yeah. That. <laughs> she doesn't even good. know what I'm saying. She's just rolling her eyes. It's like what's disco? Um, so um, yeah, like like you know, I don't, I don't hate anyone from doing it, but I will say there's a few things that are that I have an issue with. Uh, number one is that it takes it, you're, you're, you you've uh, you've entered into our realm of the original bands, and you've taken our slots, and people are hiring you instead of hiring the original bands because they know that you'll sell tickets for sure. And that means that we're not getting hired What's now. The name of that? Number one. Oh, number sorry. two. I got bullet points. Uh, yeah, I got bullet points. This is great. This is great. <laughs> no, I love it. Number two. If you're uh, if you're trying to leverage the situation to get people to listen to your original music, it's not going to work. And here's exactly why. So I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine, Kevin Maines, the other day. Shout out to Kevin and Carmadon Straps Electronics. So many shouts. Uh, he uh, uh, he was on the show not too long ago. A good friend of mine. But we were talking about it. And it's like when you have a tribute band and you try to use that fan base to get, you know, to draw awareness to your original music. The thing is that you've you've the foundation that you're standing on as as an artist in the band is it is laid by the fans, which is naturally very fickle. And it's very un uh, uh, it's not very solid right like fans like jump like it's just not a solid foundation versus when you have an original band and you get the fans to buy into that the foundation is you which is you're the rock solid foundation right so what i mean by it's bad for business it's that it's not it's not a, it's not it's, it's not a long game right it's it and it's not it's not going to get people to like you as an artist and you're pushing your original artists or original bands in your community out of a job, basically. And grass is green. So, like, are you well, kidding me? Duh. It's well, an unpopular well, opinion. How about everybody? Whatever. Halloween cover bands, like Halloween cover sets. Hate it. Really? I hate it. I've always said anybody who starts, I mean, they'd be like canceled immediately. But anybody who starts a Disney cover band, to the fucking moon, rich. Oh, like who? That, that that's like saying anybody, anybody. who de- anybody who decided to be like you know what we no, are no, now. No, no, like no, Disney. I'm saying I'm, I'm saying like like well, what Disney kind of Disney? Dis- Disney what? Disney what are you? Like there's there's like a there's like I mean that that's true. All like, of the songs like in sync. Back like, we're talking what? we're talking about like like, Dis- no, like, actual, like Disney like Disney the, the company like the movies no, no but like Cinderella but, yeah, and, but they were part like of the, 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 the Hercules and Aladdin. All right, but I'm saying like they were part of like the. Where are you from, dude? Oh my god, I'm saying that's that's a broad. 
uh, umbrella because it's you not. have the. It's not. It if you is. have to break everything apart. Like it's everybody else is on your level. Same. Nobody. Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera and, and Justin Disney. Timberlake so are all from, part of that. They, they're from the Disney scene, but yeah. they didn't stay Disney's. Right. They didn't stay Disney. Right. Right. I'm just saying. But if, if someone did a Disney cover band of, of popular from the Disney mo- songs, the movies. The movies. I'm sorry, I had a press. Like Lion King. <laughs> Yes, okay. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. 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 It's like a Phil Collins cover band. But but here's the thing, right? They get a Stop. cease and desist <laughs> so fast. What? They, they get oh yeah, they get sued desist. for sure. No, that's what I said. They like, get canceled immediately. Oof. Oof. Oh yeah. No, yeah, without Disney a doubt. Oof, yeah. But I don't understand why Disney hadn't been like, we're gonna do Disney tribute band, and then all of us would be out of a job because that's all everybody would ever see. Yeah. But that, essentially, that's what like the the Disney on Ice thing is though. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and all and all the yeah totally and all the performances at Disney where you see like people doing like renditions oh, yeah, of the yeah. music Non-talent. they don't need to play ticketed venues at fucking you know daily's place I'm they have they literally own sure their own doing that yeah, but they but own their own venues and they just do it all in house there, there is a star wars band um that they we've we play booked the star before wars songs well, yeah, like they they play music based on Star Wars. Do you mean like Britney Spears Star Wars or like doesn't Timberlake Star <laughs> Obviously, Wars? Obviously, they're not. Those well, aren't you mean, like, analogous the music things. That George Lucas wrote when he was a teenager with the Beach Boys. Go fuck yourself, Tony. I yeah. just what are you talking? Come on. Obviously, you talk about mute derailing shit. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, was there a Star Wars band that plays? Yeah, man, I can't remember the name of them, but they they, they drew very well and they came out and and somehow they they do it to where. They're like right outside of the law of doing it, oh, you know. The eight beats, vanilla but, uh, ice situation. Yeah, I How don't know though. Do I don't know. But that's what I'm but saying. Did, yeah. I mean, because that's Disney band. And they look, they tour and, and they make. And kind of want to say that we booked them with a band that's named after, and they dress like uh, Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. I want to see that I think band. they book together. I think they... But they do, like, it's original band, music. right? Yeah. And they just That's all are dressed genius. as Ned Flanders. It is. And, yeah, they all dress like... It I might be that. the Ned Flanders. I can't remember their name either. God, yeah. I'm old. I used to remember all this shit. I used to remember stupid-ass facts. I could tell you lineups of shows and what year it happened. I can't do that anymore. God. But there was one that was, like, a Black Sabbath McDonald's oh, yep. tribute yes. band. What yep. were they called There's again? There's that one that's uh, Max Sabbath. Max Sabbath, that's what it was. That's and, amazing Yeah, they name. play all Black Sabbath, and they dress up in <laughs> as hammer. And here's the thing, man. They were great, honestly. It was funny. It was, But, y- you know, it's kind of weird because I'm like, you know, here it is, this band doing songs by Black Sabbath and mixing McDonald's in, and it's funny and it's hilarious, and it's you have to see it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then, like, do you see it again? That's I, what I'm saying. Like, like, there's no, there's no long game here, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, as an artist, there's no long game, and and again, like the foundation that you're building your career upon is the fans, which uh, you can't build, like, you can't build your career off of something external because it's not reliable. You have to build it on your own foundation and create your own thing. So regardless of what they do, you're still doing your thing, right? Otherwise, if if you decide to do if you if you've built it on 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 the supporters, then the second you start to do something else and they decide that we're not here with that, your whole thing collapses now. I yeah. wonder no. if there were like if there were tribute bands of uh, musicians uh, that were around forever and then the musician got canceled and then their whole life just fell apart. Like R. Kelly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Michael like, Jackson. or Michael Jackson hasn't been canceled yet. He's the uh, one exception to the rule. Yeah. He's on the fence because it's, cause you know why? There's there's no definitive answer to what happened. 
But I, I'll tell you what, Mark I co- Kelly, that's definitive as fuck. Yeah, he just got. He still we, hasn't been sentenced yet. But let's oh, he was let's be honest. He, he was sentenced. No, he's he was not sent- sentenced. Yet. He is guilty. He just doesn't. Have oh, he hasn't been sentenced yeah. yet. Okay, yeah, let's be cool. honest. That's all the same point. evidence exists for Michael Jackson. I know. We're just not willing to hear it. I know. And because it was. Or Chris uh, Brown, that'd be a good one, I guess. Chris maybe. Brown is another one. Yeah, but but I don't know, any, he wasn't any, around long enough to have like a tribute band based around him. I know, right, right. Saying, but we have like, tribute shows based around Michael Jackson. Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. Is there a tribute? There's got to be Ted Nugent. Tribute. Was he canceled? No, he just, he's he just went off the deep end and became know, super conservative. You know, yeah. uh, he's <laughs> fucking hilarious though. Honestly, but yeah, my, I've, yeah, tribute tribute bands are the worst. Yeah, like, period. Bar none. I've never seen a good one. I can't believe that the the Pink Floyd one like sells out Red Rocks every year. Oh, yeah. Or it's Dark Star with fucking The Grateful you Dead. Know that one? I didn't know. Yeah, didn't know like that. every fucking year. Dark Star does too, man. No, well, Dark Dark Star is a little bit different. They're a tribute. So then band. it comes back to this: Is it better to do that? Almost, and I and I and I say this for lack of a better term, as a failed musician, right? You you get you hit a wall to mm-hmm. where you're not making it, and you're like, look, I'm not fucking making it. But I'm so sick of working this fucking shitty ass retail job. Or playing these shitty gigs. So fuck it, man. I can make money playing music that's already written by someone else. I love those songs anyway. And I'm making money doing it. Yeah, it's not my first go to, but fuck, it's my second. It's I'm a- still making money playing music. I don't knock the grind, man. I'm not knocking the grind. If you're a musician, like I respect the hustle regardless. I'm just saying that ultimately it's bad for business. Like the the uh, the end game is that you're put like because you're like with cover bands versus original bands we all know the difference by this point you're operating in different markets if you're a cover band playing the bar scene you're not in the music industry so you're not you're not occupying the space you're in the bar scene you're in the bar industry if you're a, a tribute band though and you're selling tickets you're now occupying our space yeah. so and, and get out look at <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not. I'm not knocking the hustle. I understand where you're coming from. We need tribute in here. I just think, <laughs> as a promoter who's um, booking a tribute band yeah, right now, I course. say that they're great. Yeah, they're wonderful. Look at, hey, so, some of my closest friends in music are in tribute bands. I have family members in tribute bands. I'm not knocking the hustle. I'm just saying, ultimately, it's a good money grab. Okay, but it's not. It has no longevity, and no, it's I, bad for business. It, it, all jokes aside, I absolutely agree with that. And I don't really work with very many tribute bands. Every once in a while, I will. Um, it's not, it's not like, I don't have anything against them, but I do agree with that. Yeah. I do agree with that. So. All right. Well, here's my next one. Uh, 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 don't bring your baby to a bar. I don't think that's that unpopular, but. I don't think that's unpopular. Just please stop doing that's it. That's kind of weird when people do that. No, What's I the next know. part of that though? Uh, oh, and then also, uh, don't bring them to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to bring their baby here, Bill. Baby and kids in general. And I'm not saying, like, kids, like, just, you know, I, I guess, like, I don't know. I say, like, Oh, eight, my kid's tall My kid's cool as shit, too. No, no, no. I'm not saying, like, anybody else's kid or anything like that. It's just so fucking weird. First off, it's Friday, Saturday night. It's 11 o'clock at night. That's, that's kind of weird. The baby needs to go to bed. And then, secondly, like, what are, they, what are you doing? You think it's, that's unpopular? It's loud, too. I'm just like everything about it. We were playing at, at a place a little while ago, and there were a ton of kids. And granted, it wasn't that late or anything like that, but it was a bar. And at the where same, you know where, and at, at uh, one of the uh, little kids came up to our tip bucket and just was taking oh. money out of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and, and their parents that were was nowhere. Funny. Their parents oh were getting God. drinks. I'm just like, no way. What are you doing? Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> no funny. Way. That's bad parenting. <laughs> yeah, that was. And hilarious. I don't care if you guys know who it is. And I saw that's bad parenting. I, yeah. I saw. I saw 
uh, little babies on leashes and stuff. I'm oh like, yeah, it just looks so trashy. Just stop doing yeah, it. Now the leashes are thing. that's that's the thing that I can get on board with. That's an unpopular <laughs> opinion that I can get on board with. This it might not even be that. I think the unpopular opinion would be would be would be to put your baby on a leash. Yeah, that's kind of gross if you ask me. So it's so awful. here's the thing, right? I I used Even to agree home. with that, right? But when you're in an airport and you got a kid and oh, you got yeah. some crazy shit going on, you know what? Cuz there are such crazy motherfuckers out there that will do the craziest shit that you know what? If I have to be an asshole and, and I've never kept my kid on a leash, but if that is going to save my kid from fucking getting kidnapped, yeah. Then fuck it, dude. I'll take that every day. So if a parent is actually like, you know what? I need to keep my kid on a leash. I'll take that any day over bad parenting. Yeah, you know Does that what? That makes sense. It, totally. You know what? With this, these are opinions coming from two guys who don't have any fucking kids. No, so yeah, so yeah, look, I, I do have about. a kid, and it's, it's fucking scary. Like, yeah. you, you know, it's terrifying. Uh, you know, I'm already paranoid as is. I watch a fucking lot of true crime. I've always been paranoid about that shit. Remember that movie Adam with fucking uh, uh, John Walsh? That's that's where he he like got famous from. His son Adam was killed. Oh yeah, in, yeah. In Orlando. Yeah. It's just crazy shit. I remember watching it as a kid. It was like a made-for-TV movie, and I'm I like, did Fuck, see man, that. Man, this actually. is a real-life movie. This kid got kidnapped and got beheaded. Like, that, what that, the hell is wrong with that world? You know. And I seen that as a kid, and that fucked me up forever. That was the that was that was the uh, that was the story that fucked me up too when I was a kid. I remember hearing about that story, and like they, they like they had to identify him with you know the the, the teeth or whatever, yeah, yeah. and like he went missing in a mall or something. Yep, yep. Man, I remember hearing. I was like, I was like probably like a you know preteen or like early teenage years. I remember hearing that story, and I was like, what the fuck? People are capable of that kind of shit. Isn't man. that crazy? Yeah, like that's it's the first time I realized up. that. That I was like, holy shit, this is real. And that shit stuck with me since, and I've always been a, a paranoid person because of that. Yeah, it's your story. Yeah. I guess I understand the leash thing. I take back what I said. That's that's the only reason why I'm like, you know what? It's kind of like sometimes knowing your faults is a strength. And if knowing your fault might be that your kid might run away from you and you'd rather just have your kid on a leash, fuck it. I'm, I'm there for it. All I'm Moral of the story is, is that if you're going to bring your kid to Billy's house, put, a, put him on a leash. All I'm saying That's all I'm is saying. I'm, not, not a bar, I'm, I'm not going to playgrounds. I'm not going to Chuck E. Cheese's. Why are you bringing him into my life? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get so at. So what? What if it's someone's kid watching their their parent playing a band? That's. That's a little bit different. I used That's to help my dad. Your kid to work. That's different. Okay. I used right. to help so my dad load in. I feel. I feel like that. I feel and, like and that. And honestly, I'm talking like like six years old and younger. Like, yeah. So if li- they're supposed to be asleep right now. It's bedtime. Listen, yeah. true story, right? I have in my in my dad van right now. I have a pair of the uh, noise canceling headphones. Yeah. And I offer them up whenever someone comes to a show with their kid because I'm like, I don't know if you have headphones or earphones because you're bringing your kid to a show that's probably going to be really loud, you know, and I don't, I don't know what kind of parent you are. So my headphones are available for you if you need them. Yeah, and I have to preface again. So that, I, I didn't say show. I said bar. Yeah. Like, don't bring bar, it to bar the bar. Is definitely, yeah. This is a bar. Yeah. You are drinking. You all are drinking here. Quit bringing your baby. Talk about breaking things down to a micro detail. Uh, so are venues, aren't they? Also bars. That's it's a little bit different though. If you're taking your kid, be like, this is your first show. You really want us to go see? What was your well, first? There's, there's live music. Judas venues. Priest. I'm gonna yeah. take my kid to Judas Priest. He fucking loves. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. It's like Again, taking your kid to a football 12. game. You know, 
that or it's a baseball game. Yeah. yeah, bring them to the baseball. But, but there's game. definitely bars versus live music. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. 1904 is not a bar to me no. most nights, but sometimes it is. I was trying to be a dick to Billy at this uh, point. Shit. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> Damn, I didn't pick up my. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You're it's bad. bad. You're bad at insults. I'm just trying to keep the peace. I'm very good at being there's an not, asshole. There hasn't been pieces on that. Fucking five years running. Okay, so my second unpopular opinion is that. Most people hate on bands because it's trendy, not because it's true. Whoa, that's a fact, and that's a huge thing of mine. I'm, I look that whole Nickelback thing. Oh, bro, that was one of my Leave unpopular alone, opinions. Dude, what the fuck? They got famous for fucking writing songs in their garage. Th- that was one. That's of my, fucking great. Good that was for them. If you don't like the songs, that's cool. Yeah, that was one of my unpopular opinions like a year ago, where I said Nickelback isn't as bad as everyone thinks they are. Fact. And and the thing is, it's like you can't, you can't, you just can't listen to one of their songs <laughs> on the radio and say. That band's terrible. You just can't. Now you can not like the song and think it's cheesy. Hot take. Right? It is and because it is, right? Like Rockstar, come on, that's fucking cheesy of course. as shit. Photograph. And photograph super cheesy. The worst song ever. But you can't listen to that and say <laughs> the performances were bad on in the studio. As an artist, as a musician. And and you know, it's all relative, right? So as as bad as it might be to one person, yeah. you, you know, another person might listen to Grateful Dead and be like, what is this? fucking trucking song yeah, about that is this true. song is garbage i think it's a cool song but y- y- you know like it's 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 all perspective you know and and it's even also you, you might like something in your your point of life at one point and then you, you might not like it later on in life you know or you might overhear it and you don't like it anymore but that doesn't make shit bad totally let people live man totally now people are assholes like R. Kelly. Fuck them. That guy's got to go. They could fucking rot. He's you know? very then, talented though. Jesus very <laughs> talented, but you know what? Like, yeah. So are a thousand other people. I'd rather find another talented person to focus on. Why is it the most talented people are so fucked? It's weird. R. Kelly, weird? Michael Jackson. It's weird. Kanye. Who Kanye. Isn't that, anything weird? He just went off the deep he just, end. Yeah, man. he's just kind of. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's now. just got fucking psychological issues. He let the fame get to his head, man. He was somebody that already had an ego before he went into music. And then the thing blew his head up even more, and then he it just it just it went, he went off the deep end. When's, That's exactly what happened. When's the last time you listened to "Trapped in the Closet" by R. Kelly, the whole opera? There's like 20 parts. I haven't listened My to it. My favorite part time. about all of it is it's the same tr- backing track the whole time, which is new. It, the music doesn't change yeah. the whole I love time. It. Yeah, yeah. And he still just what sold a, it. God. Let's see who else who else is hated on like Olympus. It was hated on like that for a yeah, long yeah, time yeah, yeah. until all of a sudden they just came back. I don't Somehow. know what happened, I don't, dude. I don't know song. what happened, but that's that alternate universe shit right, yeah. that we're in. That's I think what happened somewhere. That <laughs> all that shit's getting twisted and turned all together. And Trump got elected, and then it, it and then it, and it <laughs> shifted the the, the 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 timeline. I think to a, down a different, and then and then limp it before you know it. That's going to be Trump's a Mandela get, effect. Yeah, that's what it's, I'm saying. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be a Mandela, Mandela, Mandela effect. Mandela effect, and like, fucking and, and Trump will get elected again in this next time around, and then Nickelback will become popular again. Pop again, yeah. All right, okay. But the, you know, like Marilyn Manson, dude. Like, what, what'd you do, bro? You had to really be that big of an asshole to do all that shit. Yeah. Like, you were fine. You you were crazy. That was cool. Everybody loved you, and then you went too crazy. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know? I, I, that's all. A lot. Of, I mean, yeah. The only person who I, th- I think who successfully pulled it off was Eminem. Who like turned around? He just he just like never became irrelevant and always maintained his kind of fuck you status, but while also like. Being uh, very edgy. Being edgy, but without like like without crossing the boundary. Yes. yes. Even though like if you listen, like I'm a huge, uh, I'm a big hip hop fan, and 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 when I was younger, Eminem was like the 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 thing growing up, and 
you know, his first two records, I think that he definitely went uh, beyond what the boundary uh, was. Yeah, he said a lot on of purpose. shit about homosexuals. On purpose. Yeah. yeah, but, like, okay, yeah, but, like, it's it's also, like, it was a joke, too, but, like, it was also, like, him just being fucking crazy, right? Right. Yeah. And, like... The shock factor. The shock factor. And he's kind of maintained that same personality without... Uh, I don't know, because he's pissed a lot of people off. I don't know how he's maintained a career, but he has. Uh, because he's also respected by a lot of people, and he respects the right people. That's true. That's, exactly. And that's a big thing, and and I feel like... And it sucks because, yeah, he's, he's definitely said some shit that you're like, yo, dude, come on. Because then you hugged Elton John at the, at the, but, at the fucking, well, yeah, you know... Song together and yeah. stuff. So it's like, you know, I'm like, well, I mean... It, it, you know, he's making shocking music for shocking people. He's an Interscope artist. Did you ever see the Interscope fucking documentary? No. Uh, Fuck yeah. Was, pa- uh, that thing's amazing. Paul Ivine and uh, Jimmy Ivine and uh, uh, yeah, Jimmy Ivine, Dr. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre and oh, Reznor. so good. Amazing. Uh, they're, you know they're playing. Controversy. Oh, I didn't mean no, 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 you know they're playing the Super Bowl this year, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, Doctor Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem. You know why, right? No, because you know who's involved oh, in the NFL an now. Oh, well, that's true. Well, Jay Z's involved in that shit. Oh, Jay Z had a lot to do with coordinating. And that. they're playing in L.A. too. Yeah, that's where yeah. The, it's going to be this year. And, and that you, you know, look, this is an unpopular opinion, but what the, why the fuck are they not going to have Metallica do a damn Super Bowl? I'm like, look, I get it, they're heavy or whatever, but like, they're one of the biggest bands on the planet ever. Yeah. Ever, maybe, ever, ever. Maybe Not even just for it. a metal band. And that is my thing. Maybe they don't want to do it. That yeah. could be the only thing I could think of. And they just won't say it. But I'm like, yo, like, they're they're the most successful touring band in history. Fact. Yeah. yeah. Absolute fact. Yeah. And numbers-wise, they are the most bigger than the Rolling Stones, bigger than U2, bigger than Madonna. They are the most successful touring band in the history of the world ever. And they've never – I'm like, yo, just have them play the Super Bowl. Like, you play the music during the Super Bowl. Oh, like, you know, during football. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe they don't feel like they're up to it anymore. And that could be it. They might, they might just not want to do it. Yeah. Like, which is very possible. That's, I think that's, that's 100% why. It, I mean, they were like the last person to join streaming platforms and everything. Like, why? And, and they were right. Shut, shut yeah, down right. They were right, man. The fucking Napster They were thing. right. I, I'm just saying, like, I think that's on them. They're that like, could be. We don't fucking need to They saw the Prince do it, and they're like, no one's going to ever top that. that. Why too. the fuck are we going to do it? Because also, Prince fucking owned it, and yeah, you're not going to beat that. Also, I think that maybe on some level it's like this is a – uh, reaching an audience that we don't necessarily need to be reaching, and I think they're the, that's the, a good point. They're that's getting older, and their stamp stamina is probably not what it was, and they're probably like, we don't need to showcase this to an audience that doesn't know who we are really. You know, let's just keep doing what we're doing and fucking crushing it, and not have to worry about this fucking not have to deal with the pressure of being. You know, imagine the pressure as an artist having to deal with that. They, All the shit that comes along with it. You know they, what I mean? They could be like, let's not play the Super Bowl. We'll just instead play every fucking football stadium out there and sell exactly. them out. Exactly. <laughs> Some of them twice. The money's, <laughs> probably, <laughs> the money's probably not even right for them. It's probably not it's even right for them. Yeah. You you're, know? you're probably right. NFL you know, can't right. It's probably on their end. Come on, Metallica. Step it up. Step it up, guys. <laughs> so, All right. My very Lower la- your budget. <laughs> my very last one is uh, I like auto-tuning and vocoders in song. It's very unpopular. Listen. T Pain, I like T Pain like fucking owns it. T Pain's great, but I liked it uh, before that with Dash. Share, with Dash. Share, uh, Share did it first in the nineties. Uh, I, I think. Well, I love, yeah, I love that song. And then uh, song. Peter Frampton. I mean, he well, he was doing the vocoder thing, but was a vocoder. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, bon Jovi, but auto tune, Bon Jovi did it. But auto tune has an effect. Was used first with Share. 
uh, and then late night, like, just, the, just the the actual software well, of auto tune. Right. I'm not even trying to say like the auto tuning to make you sound like you're not auto tuned. I'm saying crank it up to a thousand. Just to use it as an effect. I love it. Yeah, Which is what they did that with Cher. That's, so that's, cool. that's, that's, that's the first time I did it. With, and T Pain. That's why T Pain did it. Yeah. Did you watch that? This is. I did. Yeah. That's why I got it from. Yeah. Mind blown, dude. Yeah. It was amazing. T Pain, and then you know, obviously T Pain, we know. Can sing his ass off. He can. He he's he's talented. He doesn't need it, but it worked. But but who who do you, who do you say he met on the plane? Uh, Usher. Usher. He was like, "Hey man, good to meet you. You ruined music. <sighs> That's so depressing." Usher said that. Usher, yeah, Usher said told that. Him that on a plane. And he's not fucking wrong, man. Oh, uh, here's, That's depressing. Here's unpopular opinion. That's no, what he, this is. No, no, I, I, I'm not like uh, you. It's my fucking. I opinion, no, no. Man. I understand why. I I get why people like it, and I'm all about embracing uh, progress and new innovative things in, into yeah. whatever music, art, whatever it might be. Uh, but what I will say is that. Um, him using it as just an effect kind of ushered in, uh, no pun intended, this new era of artists that are not talented, that are relying on that, that to do the thing. Absolutely are relying on that, yeah. You know, and then... A lot uh, of hip-hop artists. So what? Who cares? It sounds good. The combination of him and Lil Wayne created mumble rap, yeah. and for that, I will never forgive you, either one of them. See, not that they need my forgiveness because they're both crushing it. And, but, and again, know. though, like that goes back to the Nickelback thing. People like it. Yeah, man. People love it. So just because we I, don't get it, you know, doesn't mean it don't make no sense. Well, you know, there's one thing about not getting something. And there's another thing by, about just like ingesting toxicity. And, you know, you might not like fast food, but the rest of the people do. And it's destroying our nation. Mm. And I believe that mumble rap fast food is, bad. is uh, fast food hip hop. And I believe that pop music uh you know, by and large, anyways, there's some amazing pop artists out there. Don't get me wrong. And as a singer, if you're legit, pop is one of the hardest genres Absolutely. to pull off, right? Absolute fact. So I'm not, and, and the, the artists that they hire, the, the musicians that they hire in their bands, top tier, best in the world, okay? But the music that they're producing is for the fans. And we just talked about this, right? The foundation that you're laying, this is. The music and it's dumbing down our society to a point where it's becoming toxic. I think. Uh, you want to know why Trump got elected? It's because Racism. we're. Is because well, it's because Nashville's pumping out songs Xenophobia. about. Uh, it's because Nashville's <laughs> pumping out songs about chicks in, again. in uh, short <laughs> jean shorts and uh, and and pickup trucks and fucking hip hop is yeah. uh, just mumbling words that don't make sense anymore and. Uh, and like we're just we, we live in a world where it's just about so like instant gratification. Lil, There's no substance Lil to Wayne it. Lil Wayne lost the election. That's <laughs> yes. What, that's Lil what Wayne saying? and T Pain combined lost the, the election. Auto tuning. Yeah. Is why we had four years. That sounds like that's, that's it in a nutshell. That's a weird one. That should be my, my third what unpopular is, what opinion. What is your last one? Oh my god, it's very unpopular. I can't wait to hear it. People are gonna hate me after this one. All is right, ready? It, is it about the Grateful Dead? No. Well, then you're fine. Handicap. Oh, I got a Grateful Dead one. Go That's ahead. good. Go. Yeah. Handicap parking spaces ruined society. Ruined it? How? <laughs> yeah. oh, All right. So I've got. Look, there's actually a logic to this. Okay. So uh, here we go. My, uh, <laughs> Chelsea told me not to say this on the air, uh, and, but she's probably right. Yeah. But here we go. Uh, so <laughs> when we when when we uh, kind of outsource uh, uh, just common human decency we lose the capacity to have common human decency, right? So it's like, instead of just instilling in people that, hey, uh, we need to take care of our elders and they, they need things, uh, you know, they've contributed more 
and they're not as able to maybe, uh, you know, or even people that are handicapped that, that might not be able to take care of themselves. Like we need to be able to help them as a, as a society more. Like these are some of the things that we can do to help them. Like parking but, spaces? Right. But okay. what we did instead was like, hey, uh, don't even think about it. We're just going to go ahead and take care of it for you. We're going to slap a fine on this if you park here. And we're just going to instill fear in you as, as a society rather than fear. Yeah. Rather than rather than you just knowing to do the right thing. Now you're just scared and doing the right thing because you're going to get going to get a two hundred dollar parking ticket mm. or get towed. I think I think most people and that and that and that that kind of kind of like uh, plants a seed of just outsourcing all of your uh, morality as a human, I think. I think. Well, yeah, I think most people uh, I bet when handicapped parking spaces were invented or when they started i'm not sure when they did i don't know when i, I, I bet there up. i bet there wasn't a fine and there then, might not have been a fine. and then and then people kept parking in there that weren't handicapped and getting that what did they have to do yeah they had to outsource the they thing they had to put a f- an outsource what you had to outsource the, the the thought process of taking care of people in your community yeah, but I'm I'm just trying to say from the beginning they weren't thinking about people either. I don't know. So I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what the dynamic Very was. Very unpopular, and yeah. your your logic is just completely garbage. Do you see what I'm getting at, though? No. You don't see. <laughs> you, you don't even see where I'm going with it. I I think I see it. What do you think, Mike? You think, you think so I, well, uh, kind of off of something you said, unpopular opinion I have, right? The respect your elders thing. I don't believe in it. You don't respect your elders. No, because you know why? They were like, fucking Nazis. Respect most of them. fucking like each the other, right? Yeah. Like, look, respect me, motherfucker, right? Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have to fucking go out of my way to respect that. I, I love this fucking tell, I respect Mike. everybody, but if you're going to be an old cranky asshole to me... You don't get a fucking handicapped parking I don't, spot. I don't need to be nice to you, right? <laughs> like, I'll open the door for you. I have no problem doing that, but you can't be an asshole. That doesn't allow someone to be an asshole to me, right? Totally. So let's respect each other. I agree. I, I Okay. I can kind of get behind that. Like Respect e- each other. Everybody love everybody. everybody. Yeah, Jack everybody love everybody. But at the same old, young, you know. I agree. You I can't be an asshole to a kid because they're younger than you. That's not right. That, no, that's yeah. very true. I get it. It's not like the elders have like a like a fucking pass for everything, and that's what you're saying with the handicap spot. I think that no, no. What I'm people saying, people are just dicks, and we gotta control dicks. That's why we have the police. Yeah, I'm. Sa- I'm saying that that, that controlling the dicks. Uh, this all goes back really to overpopulation. Controlling would be the the, and the abortion problem that they're having. Too, yeah. Right? yeah, that would be. <laughs> nice. they, they don't put the control on the dicks. It all goes. You gotta control the dicks. Yeah, you gotta control the dicks. Oh, I said forever. We we'd fucking solve all this shit if you just gave them a fucking rebate for uh, what is it called? Getting snipped. Snipped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars if you'd line up the block. I'm into that idea. And free Ted Nugent tickets. This Woo. <laughs> this is something I'm in. I can I can get on board with you. Right Ted Nugent cover band. Tickets cover. Then it don't cover the show. The tribute show. Ted Nugent tribute show. Cover shit. Yeah, the Nuge. That's what you call the band. The Nuge. The Nuge. No. That's a good band name. Tribute bands are bad. Are real bad. Cash Scratch Fever is such a good fucking joint, though, dude. What is it? Cash Scratch Fever. That's such a good song, dude. Yeah, of course. Yeah. God, it's such a good song. He's he's not untalented. No. Just kind of a dick. You know what's fucked up too? You know, you never realize he's not the singer. You always kind of forget that. Yeah. He's not the singer of the band. He's I just a guitarist. I totally forgot that. But, you, like, you know it, but you don't know it. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a way, like, oh, shit, he's not the singer. Yeah. He's not the one singing that shit. He's just playing a guitar. That's, yeah. I Ripping the guitar. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's a fucking shredder. We he's know great. that. All right, what's, what's your last, um, do you have an unpopular opinion? Um, yeah. Did you I have mean, one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't ask. Yeah, I mean, 
Oh wait, you said it. You should respect your elders. Well, you should respect your elders, but oh, you know, also should, you I, I don't. Unpopular opinion. I don't feel I'm as good looking as so many people tell me that I am. That's an unpopular. You're opinion. a good-looking guy. See, unpopular opinion. <laughs> that's I a, appreciate that. That's a yeah. good one. That's an unpopular like, opinion. No matter what you say, like that's that's a fucking good one, man. <laughs> so Mike's also a fisherman, right? <laughs> it's spare time. I do have a bucket hat that I love, by the way. Yeah. My kid doesn't like it, but I I love it. I should be wearing it right now. I could have hid my face when you said the handicap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have hid my face when I said that. Man. That's Whatever, right. bro. I fucking stick by it. You know what I mean. You gotta think about shit. Start telling. So why don't why don't you park in a handicap spot? Because of the ticket. Because I'm a fucking decent human being. Even oh, oh okay, okay, okay. It's not the ticket. My bad, my bad. My I remember bad. When, I, when, I, when, I, when I worked at Guitar Center, they were like, uh, "You can't park in the uh, spaces closest to the store, even if it's not handicapped. But you just can't. Like, we need that for customers." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they educated me. And I understood and I followed the rules and then I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's actually good. And, I, and I've carried that into my uh, everyday life where, where I try not to like park super close if I don't like knowing that I don't have to do it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like if we instill that uh, morality into that's still there, I mean like everybody, like there's so much like bad, like point fingers and like disgust when you fucking do that anyways and get away with it and don't have to pay a ticket you know what i mean yeah or if if you're like god i'm fucking late there's no fucking parking spot i'm still not parking in this handicap spot yeah i can't do that yeah of course the only place i could disagree with all that is the fucking Publix and riverside guys. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> would say Seventh that. circle of hell <laughs> uh, it's funny man like like i just i don't like it's a little annoying but i don't really like i'm just i don't know like in South Florida, like every parking lot is like that. So oh, I'm just like, it's just, I don't know. And I went to the smallest Publix of all time in Cayocho in Little Havana. And like there were, I swear to God, like five parking spots. In yeah. And people were just like about to kill you for one. Yeah. I live, in the, I live in the suburbs. It was a huge parking lot. And it was, always, it, was, it was always a fucking nightmare over yeah. there. Just a lot of people. It just doesn't matter. But like either way, uh, I don't, I, I, yeah, that's maybe that's my unpopular one of my unpopular opinions. I don't should, see a big deal the about the public. The government shouldn't Riverside. fucking find you to be considerate. I think it's what yeah, you're trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get what you're exactly. Saying. I but think that's an unpopular opinion. I feel like uh, then you also have to believe that 100% of Americans are nice people. No, I don't definitely that's don't believe definitely that. That's definitely not then true. Then there's the fine. A lot of like, all it takes is one fucking idiot to to bring, ruin it for the rest of everybody. To bring a fucking bomb also, on a plane. I also and don't then, agree with that. It, ruins everything. It's, it's kind of such a weird dynamic because. It doesn't necessarily mean people are bad people. They're yeah. just a little selfish and yeah. might not, not think yeah. beyond themselves. It doesn't. And once they know, then they're like, "Oh shit, you're right." So it's not necessarily like they're bad. They're just they just make bad decisions. Yeah, or, they're not considerate. Or lack. Totally. Frontal yeah. wasn't developed yet. Yeah. Hmm. So a lot of serial killers are like that. Yeah, exactly. Damage to the frontal lobe. I watched a lot of true crime. Yeah, <laughs> every everything should be just like whether or not if don't do don't do bad things to people, but people do it all the time, and yeah. they gotta have a yeah. punishment for it. Yeah, so. I just don't, I, I just think that I, I think that there's a lot of uh, slack that's given to society when when we say that we can just like find away the problems versus like making an effort to make people more mindful. There's a lot of people that are just like not mindful because they're not taught to be mindful and they're not taught to be mindful because they know that that society like or not society really but the government has already built in a consequence right and so the so the lack of mindfulness 
or the mindfulness doesn't come from actually being mindful. It comes from a fear of being penalized, which it. is like, which right. is wrong. So it's not making you a good person. It's just, it's making you a fearful person. Exactly. So do they have parking spots, handicapped parking spots in Japan? Because uh, Japan, this different culture. Do they? I, I don't I've know. Never been. I've never been to Japan. But from what I understand, the culture there is very different. I didn't it's see very them. mindful and very courteous. I, oh, didn't, yeah. s- I didn't see them Nobody in Nobody parks Turkey. anywhere. From what I understand, <laughs> when they would mar- wear masks, but even it they wasn't sick, to yeah. not get sick. It was yeah. to not get other people sick. Right, yeah. right. That's that's. And a kind here of, we can't even get half the we country can't do, to it's, do that. It's it's to, it's it, yeah. Here it's like never. It's like well, it's it's you know. You can't you, even save yourself or, or or their selves. We can't convince them to do. Right, right. And that's like the whole that's like the whole point that I'm trying to make. That was the bigger point yeah, I was trying to make. It. it was like a funny take on the on the bigger picture. That. You yeah. know what I mean? I get it. Uh, anyways, it's gonna be super unpopular. People are gonna hate me after that, but uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Mike, thanks, thanks for being here today, man. Uh, dude, this is thank a lot you of guys fun. so much. It was awesome. Yeah. Super informative. It was really it was awesome. a great hang, man. It was a lot I of can't fun. wait to turn this off and talk some more shit after this. Too. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna get into the details. <laughs> I got, bro. Yeah, I guess I, I want to know who this old guy was. Oh, and yeah, I gotta. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we're getting Without into it. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out and tuning in. We'll see you next time. Adios, muchachos. Peace.